Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Brandon Tierney and Sal Licata on WFAN The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. As badly as I wanted, BT, this to be a great season for the Mets. As badly as I'd love to come in here one day wearing that King's crown and the robe, as badly as I wanted at DH as BT is waving a white piece of paper here. <laughs> is this where we're going? We're, I, we're I, surrendering? Uh, what? I hate to do that, but I actually understand why the Mets are operating the way that they are. And I have to stick to what I believe in is a solid plan moving forward. I, I actually get why they're not getting a DH and why they've only had, you know, whatever now after signing out of, you know, another $5 million left. I, I don't love it, but I understand why Steve Cohen of the Mets are operating the way that they are right now this offseason. If I'm a Mets fan right now, I would be as as angry at my team, outside of the Jets, and we did a lot of Jets yesterday, obviously, on the show, as any other team in this city. Because what the jet, what what the Met fan was sold, and I'm not even talking about you know, the timeline. And, and and when Stevie Cohen bought the team, and he said three to five years, I think that even though he's kind of backed off that, I respected that because the Met fan needed to be galvanized a little bit. They needed to have that oxygen sucked back into their body. They were so beaten down by the Wilpons that I thought it was a smart tactical play. And I, I believe Steve Cohen meant it. He's pivoted, okay, but to pivot to this point is unacceptable. The New York Mets are two weeks away from going down to Port St. Lucie with a, in my opinion, a D-plus, C-minus starting rotation and no DH. With a massive hole at third base and questions everywhere in possibly the best division in baseball. I don't want to hear, and I don't even know if, Sally, if you're implying directly this, I don't want to hear, well, the luxury tax, so Justin Turner got $13.5 million to go to Toronto, but based on the dollar-for-dollar thing, whatever it would have been, 26, whatever the heck it would have been, Mm -hmm. you need a stick. And this guy is hibernating. Where is Steve Cohen's flex? But don't you think that that does have something to do with it? And I heard Andy Martino on Tuesday night, I think it was on Mets Hot Stove, talking about... Just that, the luxury tax threshold. Remember, with Cohen, they added a new tax for Steve Cohen. So he's paying whatever, like 110% for every dollar. So, yeah, it's it's not just, oh, well, this guy's $13 million. No, he's paying 110% tax on every dollar, which makes me at least be like, well, I can understand it because then that turns into, well, it's not $10 million or $13 million, it's $30 million or whatever it may be for a player who really, you know, it's my, forget Turner because I didn't want Turner anyway. I think Whether, you know, Martinez, whomever, whatever, Soler, yeah. you know, well, the Soler. concept of a guy right. who could hit behind well, Pete Alonso, well, an actual DH. professional DH. Right, a, a real DH. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, to me, it was not too much to ask. 
However, when you lay it out like that and you take into account their plan. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I I just oh. believe me, BT. Oh. I don't want to go into the season oh. like it's depressing to think about the fact that they're going to be a seventy-five win team, and if everything goes well, they'll win eighty-three games. Big whoop! Like, congrats, Stern. Yeah, congrats. but at least the Saturday yeah. games and, are at four ten. Yeah, and here here's the difference Come between on. them and us, the fans. Yep, we've been wearing it for forty effing years. Yep. So for Stern, it's like, oh well, he's getting paid his millions of dollars to sit there and evaluate this team and do his job, and I don't want to hear about him being a Met fan because he's not. Okay, he's not a Met fan the way we are fans. They're not. He's the president of the team. He's he's doing his job. But in this particular case, I I do think it's the right path, and I do think it would be reckless because even Soler, who I want, I think is the best of the bunch, he's not going to make that much of a difference on this team. Okay, I listen. Now, I wouldn't love the optics. I wouldn't love it if Stearns and Cohen had – a fully transparent press conference. They sat up there. I don't even really know if you need Stearns. It's more. It's more about right. uh, you know Cohen. But but Stearns to give you the plan, whatever. And Cohen looks as transparently as he humanly can in the eye and the eyes of the soul, the window to the soul, in the eyes of every great meth fan, and, and tells them and levels with them. Listen, here's the financial situation. This is where we're at. This is what we're doing. That That's one thing. I don't even want to hear that from Steve Cohen. But I'd be a little bit more open to it because it's his money. You know who I don't want to hear this from? You. Yeah. You. I get it. What is wrong with you? Well, I- I'm trying to bring logic and understanding. I mean, there's a lot wrong with me. But I'm trying to bring <laughs> logic and understanding I, maybe I'm just defeated at this point. Remember you were saying similar where you felt like this with the Jets? Ah, who am I kidding? They're not yeah. going to win the Super Bowl. And by the way, I missed the last couple of days a whole oh. mess with the Jets. Maybe we get into that a little bit. Yeah. But maybe I'm just defeated at this particular point. I have to accept the reality. It does, And I really don't believe as much as I want a DH and as much as I know. See, they could say that they want to evaluate Mark Vientos and give him a bat. I already know Mark Vientos sucks. So Stearns can wait and see. Maybe Steve Cohen needs to see more. I already know because I've watched baseball my whole life, and I can tell you who's good who isn't. Mark Vientos isn't a good baseball player. Now, maybe he hits to to keep himself in the majors, Mm -hmm. but he's not a good baseball player, and I would never waste a roster spot, let alone a starting DH spot, on him. So I already know what he is. But I also don't believe that Soler is going to make – that much of a difference. It would make me more excited. It's a professional bat. It makes them incrementally better on a day-to-day basis. But ultimately, what does that mean? Three to five oh, more goodness. wins? I know. I'm defeated. Well, oh, seriously, because I, oh, what moves are out there that you think is going to make this team compete with the Braves? I got, well, I got news for you. There's a couple of stars out there, and they might not be A-plus stars, but if the Mets ever went out and got you know, two or three of the following players, whether it's a Snell. I know you don't love Blake Snell. I promise you, you would rather see Blake Snell pitch more so than Quintana. Everybody but Senga. So, you know, we can sit here and quibble about about Snell never getting to the ninth inning, never getting to the eighth inning. I, I gave a stat yesterday. His ERA over his final 23 starts was the best since 1968. Mm-hmm. Bob Gibson, the year before they lowered the mound. That's how dominant Blake Snell was. You don't, you don't like him? Go get Jordan Montgomery. He hasn't... We think he's going to go back to the Rangers, he's not there yet. Have a conversation. Pursue the guy. Beg him. Over-incentivize him with money. Chia 30 at third baseman. You need a third baseman. There's a, there's a stat. I didn't realize. And I know Chapman's a little flawed. I'm not saying he's perfect. Mm-hmm. I get that. He's not George Brad. He's not Mike Schmidt. Understood. Chapman, all right, since he entered the league in 2018, has the 10th best 
war. Now, we can sit here and make fun of the metrics and the analytical geeks and all this stuff. Here's what I know about Chapman. He's going to hit you 25 to 30 bombs, and he's going to pick it like a gold glover, almost like Brooks Robinson, like he's that good on defense. And he's not 37. He's, he's in his early 30s. There are moves to be made. You don't like him? I don't know. How about getting Bellinger? And finally, right. given Pete, and I'm not even the biggest Pete fan, but I will say this. Pete Alonso, can you please consent at some point to get him a bat behind him? Well, it's got to be. There's things to be done. Uh, unfortunately, it's got to be Alvarez, and I like Alvarez, but the Mets will go as their young young stars. I was going to say young core, or young star, whatever. Their young prospects go as they come up and develop, and it has to be next year. Let's just say, hypothetically, before we get to the calls here, hypothetically, the Mets listen to you, mm-hmm. and they say, you know what? Steve Cohen sits back and says, damn this luxury tax threshold. I don't give a crap. I've got billions. Yes, that's what we thought we were getting. Right, okay. And, and which would be incredible if he did that and and, and whatever. Let's say they get Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. Let's say they get Cody Ballinger. Oh. Let's say they get Blake Snell. I mean, it's a 90-something win team. You can win the World Series. You see, can mess see, around. That's where we disagree the most. If they got Matt Chapman, Cody Ballinger, and Blake Snell, I still don't think they're as good as the Braves. And maybe not even the Phillies. Yeah, but you don't have to be as good as the Braves 1 through 60, 1 through 162. You got to be as good as them. Like the Diamondbacks, just, you know, get hot and get to the World Series and maybe you mess around and get lucky. And do you think that really makes them. Like a, a, I'll a tell you what it makes them sound. Team. It makes them watchable. And it, uh, that place... Makes them is, exciting in the offseason. Well, yeah, but it also translates to the diamond. It, that place is going to be empty in, in, in late July. It is going to be a ghost town. It really is. Outside of, you know, parents taking their kids to have a couple of fun days before you go back to school, which is amazing. But yes, I think an infield of Alonzo McNeil, Lindor, Chapman, young stud behind the dish. Hell yeah, I believe that that team could win some games. See, absolutely. That team could absolutely... And then with Snell... They, they're at, they're better than the Phillies. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I'm not even I'm not even sold that that's the case. Oh. And also, it's just not the right way. As much as that would excite me, and I don't even like. Doesn't I don't sound love like it would excite you. No, it doesn't because I don't love Bellinger and I don't love Snell necessarily. Chapman, I take, but again, I understand why they're not going to do it. Yep. And also, now you're going away from the plan to to have a sustained, successful team, which is something. I've never seen, which is something the New York Mets in their life have never had. Since they've been born in 1962, they've never had mm. a sustained, successful run. I think the 80s were. Honestly, you got to be fair. Like right, with, from starting what year? I, I, well, 85? No, 84. Like when they got Keith in 83, their final record was horrendous. 84, they were really competitive, didn't have Gary yet. Right. They get, get, get right, Gary in 85, as you know. What was so the record in 84? 90-something, I believe. Uh, Uh, Right around there. Maybe 90 wins, and then 85, obviously, really popping. And then you get Gary Carter, and you win it. And then 87, like, and 80. You still have 88. You lose to the Dodgers. I mean, that's five, six years of... Legitimate baseball. He had two postseason appearances. No, no, I know, but there was no wild yeah, cards. They won you know what I'm saying? How many? Ninety and eighty. They did win ninety. Ninety-eight, I mean, eighty-five. I mean, that was it. Eighty-six. That was a, one of the fell, best ever. It fell off. Well, I mean, eighty-nine. They won eighty-seven, and then they won ninety-one again in nineteen ninety. The playoff format definitely hurt them because yeah. if it were but, same with the Yankees it, in the nineties. Oh, pardon me, in the eighties. But it is what it is. But at least the Yankees have had sustained. No, I got you. You're right. Maybe that's that's the, the only period that I can remember okay, ever. Fine, understood. But even that. Ended with only two postseason appearances. So they're trying to build a sustained winner here. And as much as it pains me to say it, as much as it demoralizes me, I think this, this is the right way to go. This guy comes back yeah. and he's with the, one of the scrappiest Met fans I know. Comes in basically with a white 
Flag. Stick to the plan. BT and Sal <laughs> on the fan. Our friends at Town Fair Tire remind you that at Town Fair Tire, you always get the guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Tom is in Milford. What's up, Tom? Hey, uh, love you guys. You do a great job. I- I'm a little bit nervous, but I wanted to make a point. I hope it don't sound too cynical, but isn't it possible that Steve Cohen doesn't want a big time bat behind Pete Alonso this year? Because if he has a monster year like Aaron Judge did on his walk year, that's just going to cost him 30, 40, God knows how much more. Yeah, that is, that is, Tommy, that is, that is overly cynical. I believe that cynicism's got to creep into some conversations. That would be devious because you're trying, at this point, you're subverting or, or, or trying to success to, to, Pre, uh, proactively? I can promise you that's oh, not come the case. On. No way. I don't believe that at all. Steve Cohen would be the no happiest way. guy in the world if Pete Alonso hit 65 home runs yes. this year. I agree with that. And thank you I for do. the call. I mean, come on. He's not rooting against Alonso. No. He's not afraid to pay Alonso. Alonso hits the open market. I don't care if he hit 65 home runs or not. He's not getting Aaron Judge money. No, so, no he's not. And the, the Mets are uh, playing this the right way. And by the way, so was Alonso at this particular point waiting it out. But that has nothing to – Steve Cohen's not looking to save money – He's just not looking to spend money recklessly. If there were a move out there that could put the Mets over the top right now and and they were going to be taxed 110% for every dollar, I think he'd still do it. I just don't believe that Jorge Soler or J.D. Martinez are worth that. But he was going to do it with Yamamoto. But that's a player that's worth it. We think. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen a pitch. Listen, we he's don't probably going to be an absolute beast. Right. I got you. And he's younger. Than Snell. That's the point. So he went but, above and beyond for a guy that we, now nobody knows how he's going to be, but based on all measurements. By the way, he may have even exceeded what his baseball advisors. He might have, but I, I listen. And, and the Met offer was right there with the Dodgers, and it, it was impressive. Didn't blow me away, but it was mm-hmm. fair. I mean, I got to be, you know, I got to be fair to Steve. Again, remember it was, though, wasn't overwhelming, but it was solid. It was but, good. It but, was good. But remember, yeah. Teams thought we were talking about somewhere in the twos. For Initially, Yamamoto. yeah, and the blind bidding is so, a tricky for like it format. doesn't sound like it's at like even the Yankees were like, oh my god, three. Mm. Like this is ridiculous that we yeah. go three. So yeah. for what a guy got who never threw a pitch in the big leagues, point is yes, he was gonna do it for Yamamoto because he thought that was worth the investment, a young top of the rotation pitcher. Now I'll be a little cynical and I will say, and this I, I believe enough to throw it out there to, you know, knock around a little bit. Yeah, the offer was impressive for Yamamoto, but aside from the fact that they obviously think that he's a stud, mm-hmm. was the motivation or the willingness to cut that big check, you know, fueled by the fact that his Japanese, you know, presence? I think that's a part of well, it. Of course. Yeah. So then I can't be that impressed because if it's just about winning, uh, is it, well, let me take a step. Is it about winning or is it about winning as long as you could additionally monetize the, you know, like I. I yeah, think there were more. There were there were obviously more variables at play here with Yamamoto, and you're not going to get that with Bellinger. You're not going to get that with Blake Snell or Matt Chapman, and and like they could go out there and build a better team. Sure, by adding some of those guys, I don't think BT though it makes that much of a difference. Ray is in Waterbury, Connecticut. What's up, Ray? Hi, guys. Great show as usual. Here's my problem. So, bottom line is he ate the money on Scherzer and Verlander. Mm-hmm. If we knew, if if we knew he was gonna, mm-hmm. and he's worried about the salary tax, mm-hmm. then he should have he should have salary dumped 
Scherzer and Verlander and heck with the prospects. Well, he, he, because now we got to suffer. We got to suffer because he ate the money and, and, and now he doesn't want to spend because of the tax. He chose that. No, no, no. It's not, it's not, Ray, it's not that they don't want to spend because of the tax. It's that they don't maybe believe that a guy like Solero, JD Martinez, or Justin Turner are worth that much. That's the, and thank you for the call. That's a big difference. I really believe, and they did the right thing by paying Verlander and Scherzer to go away to get the prospects, and, and they saved some money in that deal, but it was already a sunk cost. And I guess this stuff is going to reset after this year, right? And there's going to be money that comes off the books, obviously. Yep. You reset if you don't go over a certain amount, whatever it may be. I don't know all these specifics to how the luxury tax threshold works other than what I heard the other night on, on Hot Stove from Martino, and we've heard about it. Like, you get to that level, you're getting taxed a certain amount on every dollar you spend. It's ridiculous. It's not right. For a team that he knows, and I'm talking about Steve Cohen, they're not going to win it all anyway. Last year, when he went over the top for Correa, he thought that that was the final piece to put this championship team together coming off a 101-win season. Obviously, he was wrong, and mm. they flopped, and it was a good thing they didn't get Correa. Now he knows, odds are, they're not going to be a championship team, and there's really nothing he could do to make it a championship team other than wait to see how some of these prospects pan out. Let me throw it at you a little bit differently here because, you know, I've said a few times the last week or so, it's come up with different things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you try to fight math, you, it, it's just a futile, you're right. not going to win. It's right. math. It's, you know, irrefutable numbers. Okay, so logically, mathematically, I understand what you're saying here. I do. Emotionally, okay? Let's go back a couple of years ago, the day that Steve Cohen buys the team. Right. That energy that just pulsates through Mets, the Mets I fans. Did you ever envision yourself being on the air, getting into the weeds of luxury tax implications? Yeah. Uh, level with us. I did not. Exactly. But, but what I will say. And that itself is wildly disappointing. Understood. But I think it will be different if we saw Steve Cohen operate like this from the beginning. Really, this year is the aberration. Almost every other year, it's been all in, right? He's he's gone after the biggest and baddest. Mets, the Mets weren't doing that for a long time. You forget how dark it was, B.C., before Cohen took over. And then, as soon as he took over, they made a big trade for Lindor. They extended him. You know, all that stuff. You didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. They've been big players, whether it's Scherzer or Verlander, or even in on the top guys like Yamamoto or Otani, had he been willing to come here. So all those moves show big market, big pockets. This is different, and I think he's learned here, and we have to evolve and learn as fans, and it sucks, believe me. I don't want to watch a 70-win team, but we have to accept that this, unfortunately, might be the best way to have sustained success moving forward. BT and Sal on the fan. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Just getting started here. we got a lot to get to, starting with the Mets. 877-337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl Forty Six. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Tierney Salicata back on the fan. Thanks for holding it down, BT, last couple of days. As you said, I was out uh, dealing with family emergencies, so we're still going through that. Hey, look, sometimes in life things happen. Yeah, yeah. You never want to get those type of calls, but you got to deal with it, and um, it just you know changes everything in an instant, which sucks. So um, 
I appreciate you holding it down, and I hate to be out the last couple of days, but good to be back here, try to get my mind back and think missed about you, some man. sports. Yeah, a and, lot of people were asking for you, too, oh, just yeah, so you know. They yeah. obviously were. Oh, no, I'm sure you missed yeah, me. Yeah, i ribbing you as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's like, you get the uh, house to yourself here. It's nice, right? Yeah, Four spread hours. out a little bit, yeah. put those feet up. Then I said, I had two days enough. I need my boy back. Yeah. Let's go, Sal. I know. I was starting to get itchy. I'm like, all right, yeah, I think yeah. I got to go back to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, it is fun to get back into things, and this is what sports is supposed to provide, right? An escape from reality. Unfortunately, there's a lot of negative in sports, too. Now, it doesn't compare to the real issues in life. But it'd be nice to sit there and watch a team that you can anticipate could go compete for the World Series, which is something I thought that the Mets would be doing every year since Steve Cohen took over, especially you know year two, three, whatever, and beyond. That's why it sucks. It does hurt. I understand it. I just don't believe that the moves that are out there to be made. By the way, to your point, there are a lot of moves that are out there to be made, whether it's the Yankees or other teams involved, too. So I get the frustration. Mets fans just, I mean, looking for crumbs, and they're not getting anything. Nothing. You know, I've talked. we all have been talking a lot about the Knicks lately, and on Monday when Sal was out, I said that the Knicks are the best-run franchise in the city, and I gave you all the reasons why. You know, and even at the height of their dysfunction and the the messiness, Dolan, and this only compounded it, but I give him credit, he did try. He tried to buy his way out of it. With, you know, exorbitant contracts for the wrong guy, wacky trades, giving up assets, trying to accelerate exiting, you know, such um, right. a, a dark place. Now, in the NBA, there's limits because it's a salary cap. And in baseball, you know, when you have an owner who's worth $15 billion, which, by the way, is more, it's almost double what John Malone owns the Braves. Right? I know that they bought out some early contracts and they paid some of the young players, brought in Olsen, gave Riley money. Uh, gave Acuna $100 million uh, early, a couple of years back. So they have a different philosophy. But Malone is the third wealthiest owner in baseball at mm. 7.8, and Cohen is number two. The Rodgers communication is like in the 20s, actually more than Cohen. But the point is, Dolan can only do so much to buy themselves out of, to buy them way, their way out of the mess. I was always under the impression that you could juggle it in baseball, and I thought that Cohen would, where you could let Stearns fortify the system and organically build the team, and I want to be clear about this, the way it needs to be built. I do understand what Stearns is doing, and I actually commend him for doing that. But I also think there's a similar side that you can straddle and bring it a Chapman, bring it a Blake, and still, you know, win now and win tomorrow. Yeah, frustrating that there are moves out there and they're not going to do it, and I just have resigned myself to understand. Because I've seen it the other way with Cohen, and it hasn't worked. And I've seen it the other way at times throughout the course of my life, even if it's not just what the what the Mets in particular, other teams that go out there and spend a lot, it doesn't always add up to winning. I have not seen the Mets properly rebuild while trying to field a competitive team, but properly rebuild. Now there are no guarantees there. Yeah, that's guarantee- the other thing. You Look, might be waiting forever. Uh, uh, you don't I'll know. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this. If Jet Williams or Gilbert or Acuna Jr., if these guys don't turn out to be impactful players. I am going to flip out on everybody because now you're talking about wasted years. So they better, when you do this, BT, and I'm understanding, when you do this, though, you better get it right. I don't want to hear any excuses whatsoever next year. I'll give you a pass now. I don't want to hear anything. I want to see these guys come up, and I want to see impactful players right out of the gate. Not Mark Vientos with his 200 average, who can't run, who can't throw, who can't catch. I want to see impact, well-rounded baseball players. 
I'll sacrifice now, mm. but it better be worth it. And I'm talking about not just that next year. I'm talking about then going out there and flexing your financial muscle on top of it. This year's a pass. Mm. Next year is all in or bust. That's... I'll come for that crown and smash it. <laughs> I've had it. I'm not in the mood. Or well, smash it over his head? Wherever. <laughs> no, I would never. No, you would Not physical harm. No, but, no of course not. Yeah. I saw yesterday that. Um, well, I need to get that out. That's uh, good. Good. Yeah. good. Uh, but cathartic. I you feel a little bit better yeah, now. I, feel a little better. I am understanding. That. Uh, okay. So if I said I saw this yesterday, and I know you're obviously busy with more important stuff. Yeah. So I don't think you saw, it, but I'll give you a little quiz here. Um, based on the youth movement or the the insurgence of of players, prospects they bought, some they've developed. Okay, how many? And I don't really look at ESPN for baseball at all, quite frankly. So mm-hmm. this list is fairly immaterial in my mind. I mean, their baseball coverage is whatever. They have games on. That's about it. But how many do you think? Because they just released their their list of top one hundred players. Yeah, the how many Mets? So I saw this. I think there's four, six. Okay, in the top hundred, top hundred. Yeah, ESPN's prob- list. The problem is the the Mets number one guy, who I think it is Williams. Yeah, is like thirty. Was it thirty seven? Was I was, right about yeah, that? I thought it was forty something. Yeah, I'm you like, got to see somebody like four. You got to see somebody twelve. Ah. Oh no, My but they got they, they got four in the top or six in the top one hundred. Yeah. I want one in the top ten. It's like having, you know, four third-round picks. Yeah, but I want a, a top five pick so I can get the quarterback or the left I, tackle. I, I do like some of what I hear about some of these young guys, but uh, I got you. Yeah. You, you don't know. You don't know at all. Santiago is calling from Kearney, New Jersey. What's up, Santiago? Hey, BT. Thank you for taking my call. BT, um, I follow you every day. You and Sal, you great, great brother. But I'm with Sal with you. Okay. There's nobody out there. That the match could sign that make a difference. Now, if the match, if, if you're saying the match is a 70 win team, keep that over because I firmly believe Marte is going to have a better year. Okay. They're going to have the closer. They're going to have the closer. And they have a good, uh, about five good players that could, any, in any minute, can change anything. Now, if. Yeah, hold on one second, though, pal. Team, no, Santiago, hold on one second. But first, I never said 70. I said more mid 70s, just to be fair. And they had those five good players last year as well, minus Marte. And they did nothing. No, last year, yeah, last year, they, none of them had a good year. You, okay. We can all know. Like, if you know about baseball, they, they, they didn't Well, the door was pretty good. But now, look at the embarrassment of the Dodgers in the playoffs. And the, and the Braves, too. Everybody say, oh, the Braves is a World Series. Nah. The game has to be played. Uh, you, I mean, if you look at the uh, baseball, it's, it's, it's a funny game. Sometimes you don't give a team a chance, and they make it. That's a, that's how it is. Well, well, I that's why I, I understand that, Santiago, and thank you for the call. That's why, and that's the only reason why, I think the Mets have a chance just because things happen. It's not like they have the worst team ever assembled. I don't think this is going to be a you know 60-something wins team or even a low 70. I think they'll win high 70s, 80s. The problem is, and we went over this BT when we were looking at whether it's the Mets, Yankees, whoever. The way you want to judge it going in is if everything goes right, and we know it doesn't always go right, but if everything goes right, where does this team max out? And to use the Yankees as an example, if everything goes right... World Series team. Yeah. And that's and not everything's going to go right, but if it does, but, but World Series say, team. Let's say everything goes well. Roll done. Easily they went over 100 Volpe games. Volpe right. Soto healthy, Judge healthy, right. blah, blah, blah. Yep, 100. See, the sky is the limit. Yes. If everything goes right. Yes. And even if it doesn't, then you're lesser a little bit, but still... If everything goes right for this current Mets team, mm-hmm. what are we looking at? Low 80s. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, but if you add Chapman and Blake 80s. Snell, now you're in the 90s. Uh, yeah, but then still everything goes right, which you know it doesn't. 
Like, I really believe this team right now, well, they'll have a, a, a I don't want to say a lot go right because who the hell knows, but they'll exceed expectations. Now, to what extent? Maybe the little engine that could, Steve Cohen, billionaire Mets. Yeah, could win. Here come those underdog Mets with yeah. the second most affluent owner in baseball, yeah. the little underdog. You know what? It just hit me now, BT. Instead of, instead of King Cohen. He's got what to call Conductor Cohen. Conductor Cohen. Oh, there we go. All the third place finish. Like, if they win 85 games and get in, to me, that's like, wow, wouldn't it? That would be a fun season. Yeah. And then that would really reward their... Their vision. I mean, listen, 85, I don't know if you get the last wild card. Depends on the year. Last year, you would have. Conductor, oh, boy. You got the crowd. I got a little Oshkosh, uh, uh, you know, hat that my son wore when he was like nine months old. I put it on top of my I'm going to have that in my bag. Anytime you you say King Cohen, I'm going to just put it on. But I think that there is a way, really, I mean this, for the Mets to be in it until the final week or so of the season, to be right there for the wild card, but not with this roster. It's just, I don't see it. And I'd be okay with that if there were no moves out there that could, you know, help propel them to the place that you and all the great Met fans want to go. They're just choosing to ignore them, which I think is awful. Brandon Tierney, Salicata on the fan. More your calls on the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law the other side. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Brandon Tierney, Salakata back on the fan. Continuing with the calls, 877-337-6666. Talking about Steve Cohen. And where the Mets are at right now. And I do like the thought, BT, that you said before about the Knicks because well, the, the difference is obviously the salary cap. But the difference is a lot of Knicks fans wanted Leon Rose to do exactly what he did as far as stripping it down, be disciplined, stop spending money with bad contracts, stop trading picks, stockpile the assets. Knicks fans were on board with that plan. And it's different. Where I think the majority of Mets fans... And I know a part of me, even though I, I'm trying to think logically and understand here, Mets fans just want to go for it. Pedal to the metal. Yeah. You get the richest owner in the sport. There is no salary cap. 
draft picks be damned, you know, these prospects be damned, just go build a freaking winning team. But I but with the Knicks, fans wanted that. I do think there's opposition with the Mets where most fans want to see Steve Cohen spend more. I think most Mets fans are pissed off. Yeah. And if they're not, I'm I'm very surprised. I mean, if I had to throw a number on it, I would say eighty percent or maybe angry strong, but but slightly turned off as a as a floor for emotion uh, at the offseason and the seeming pivot here, though I do think eventually it will change. I'm talking about this year. And the difference with the NBA, that's the only way that you can do it. Unless you draft first overall and you get a Shaq or you get, mm. you know, you stumble upon a Kobe off a trade, which was amazing. I guess you don't stumble into a trade, but you know what I mean. Right, right. Or you get, you know, somebody like Ewing who at least vaults you into contention forever. David Robinson, Tim Duncan. That's different. Matthew Johnson back in the day. I think that in the NBA, that's the only roadmap to success unless you get one of those guys, right? In baseball, you could just buy out mistakes. And I think the anticipation was that Steve Cohen would do that. Hell, I've been saying for a year, for, year, for, for a year, Yankees, buy out the Stanton right. mistake. It's not going to help you this year. The not, Mets for have, long, not for the long run. The Mets have done that, though. I think this is a... Um, if this were Steve Cohen's M.O., we'd be all yelling and screaming, being like, what the hell are you doing? However... He's tried it one way repeatedly. Yeah. And it just hasn't worked. Even though they won 101 games, you know, you said it yourself. You thought that that was the aberration. I still think that the team was legit and can be better this year. But ultimately, it did prove to be an aberration. They're going to need to figure out a way to build a sustained winner. And the only way, it's not like they're not spending a lot of money. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate that the money they've already spent is dead money. I get that. I I do. I get it, and I certainly respect it. But my contention is they can spend more and really alter the prospects of the season. And that is the problem, that going into the season, you know, Mets fans don't have a lot of hope. Joel is calling from West Palm, Florida. What's up, Joel? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you, Joel? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um, So I've been a Mets fan for, I hate to say this, since the early 1970s, right? My first recollection was Willie Mays being traded to the Mets. Um, this is the first time in all my life that I'm thankful I'm not living close to Flushing anymore. It can't, it can't I, be the I, first I time. Been, How can it be the first time? There have been a lot worse years and a lot worse, you know, um, prospects going into the situations. Year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Come for on. sure. Because you expect, I expect, more from this management, from this owner. That's the point. That's the and, point. And he, and he gave up last year. He bought some prospects, which is all well and good. But he didn't do anything to bring fans in this year. I, I don't be Brandon. I never agree with you when it comes to the Mets, hmm. especially baseball. Yeah, and, the Mets are baseball. Yeah, I got you. They, the Mets are going to be irrelevant. By May. No, nobody's irrelevant by May. That's ridiculous. I'm saying July. Late July. Oh, man. May, jeez. I'm not even saying that. And I do think that there is going to be an opportunity where what it is right now will not be what it is post-trade deadline if the Mets build a team that is somewhat competitive. Hover around 500 by the trade deadline. Hover around a wild card spot five, six games back, worst you hope. And they will make moves to try to make the team a little bit better to get in the postseason. What's more likely, in your opinion, the Mets scratch out a playoff spot mm-hmm. or 
they really struggle and they trade Pete midseason or at some point during the season? Oh, boy, that's a great question. I don't think they're going to trade Pete in season. I, I, it would take a lot for that to be the case. God, that's going to be the whole next saga. It's really what this yeah, year is going to be that's about. That's not going away. Yeah, unless they win and exceed all expectations right out of the gate, yep. the Alonzo stuff is going to be front and center th- throughout the entire year, throughout the offseason. It already has been, obviously, and with good reason. That's a whole other story. The Mets core and all that, and we could get into that. We have plenty of time here as we approach you know, pitchers and catchers reporting in a couple of weeks. But the the thought going into the year is disappointing, especially where the expectations were the last several years, going in with lowered expectations. That's not fun for anybody. Carmen is in West Babylon. What's up, Carmine? Hey, guys. Good morning. Carmine. What's happening, Sal. buddy? What's up, BT? What's going on, man? Oh, good. Sal, you know, I turn to you to be the voice of the Mets. And, BT, I do like how – I know you're a Yankee fan, but I do appreciate your Met candor because you pretty are spot on most of the time. But, Sal, what happened? You sound like you've been neutered, man. You are sounding like a Steve Cohen apologist right now. I understand he's not going to go into like a spending spree like the Wild Wild West he did a couple of years ago, but if there's no players to be had, how about a smart trade? How about bringing in a clubhouse guy that's going to turn on turn in this team into a, a, a tough, stand-up-for-your-players kind of team? This team still does not have a guy in the clubhouse that's going to lead this. And that was the problem with the 101-win season. Agreed. And the two seasons after that, this team does not have anyone who's going to light a fire under their butts to get this team going. They need that. I agree. All but the, all the, all the, he, he, all the both, yeah, go ahead. It's got, it's got to change. It's got to change because right now, this team does not have anyone standing up for each other. That's why I feel like they have not been successful. Right. They don't have anyone that's going to really. Drive, but but how are they going to fix that? How are they going to fix? How would they? I agree with you, and thank you for the call, Carmine. Yeah, you've said that for a while. Yeah, I mean, I said that last year was the biggest. They're soft. They have the a sackometer is, yeah, they, they is got low. The core major issues there. So I agree with you. However, I don't think the answer is there now. I don't think it's something BT that can be fixed right now. It's that big of an issue. Like Solaire's not going to fix that, and that's what I'm talking about as far as the Mets not. Spending this offseason, even if you got Chapman and Snell and Bellinger, I still think they have a a major problem. And I don't think those guys are going to fix it. So to me, it's unfortunately they have put themselves in a spot where it is about the development of the younger guys. They have to come up and kind of take over that core role, see what happens, how the Mets play it out with Alonzo and all that stuff and what other moves they can make. But for now, I don't think this team is fixable. That's a big issue. I mean, that's a big statement. Though you don't think the team is fixable right now, because even you said like, what's the thing you could do right now to fix it? Okay, we'll go get Blake Snell, Chapman, and Cody Ballinger. Yeah, a combination of you know, yeah. maybe two of those three. Yeah, and I still don't think that they're good enough. But didn't you say even without any moves that you thought they can mess around and hang around for the wild card a week yes. or two ago? Yes, you add two of those three guys, you don't think you're a wild card team? I do, but even then, like, there's a different conversation of could they get to the wild card. And should they be taken seriously as a real team? Yeah. I think bad teams get into the wild card now with the expanded postseason. So in my mind, saying that the Mets could over-exceed expectations and compete for a lowly last wild card. I got you. I got you. That's really not saying much. But it's still saying more than, okay, even though they would never come out and say this overtly, but every Mets fan feels it, this season's going to suck. I got it. It's not, you know, the the Mm. ceiling, it's not the penthouse, but it's better than living on the street, and that's that's kind of like, I think the Mets are almost homeless right now amongst their place in baseball. Like, they're just, eh. 
I don't know. I want to go back to what you said before. You said it's unfixable. Is that, I think that's the right word. now. Right now, it's unfixable. Yeah. Okay. So this ties into why I've dug so deeply into my Pete Alonso stance. And I get it. The vitriol that comes toward me, and I respect it because you're sticking up for your guy, and that's fine. You know, I really understand it. But this is why. Because what Sal just said, he's right. It's not fixable right now. So you don't want to hear about timelines when you lose Lee Mazzilli or you lose Tom Seaver before them or you lose Doc and Daryl or you lose Jose Reyes or you possibly lose Pete Alonso. Timelines don't matter as fans. I, I th- That's why I'm here, partly. The timeline is whacked. It's all out of whack, and it's not going to fix itself. So what Sal said is it's not fixable now, and my partner's right which is why I would trade Pete, get a boatload of assets, and by the time it is fixed, guess what? You guys are going to be happy. Which is why I believe, I don't know this for a fact, but based off of their actions, based off of everything that we've heard and seen since, I believe deep down that that's why he was available last year. Mm -hmm. That they knew it, that they knew they had bigger problems, and they knew there wasn't an immediate way out of it. Like, this was their team, and the only way out of it may, or to maybe expedite the process was to get a significant haul back for Alonzo. Now, obviously, nobody had the appetite to be able to deal for Pete Alonzo because not, they're not giving him away. I mean, he's a, a tremendous home run hitter. The no best question. In the league since he's been in the league in, in 2019. But that is one way to change the core mm-hmm. and expedite the process. Yep. Now it might be too late because there's you're not going to get that return and they're not going to do it anyway because they saw the blowback. It was it was thrown out there. They saw the blowback. By the way, we took the brunt of yeah. that blowback. Yes. 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 But it doesn't yes. mean that I mean, doesn't we didn't mean try we to trade were wrong. And fans don't want to hear it. And I understand that. No, I know. But there's there's an issue going on there that like Steve Cohen's not stupid. You could be frustrated and upset and say, well, he's a billionaire owner. We thought we were going to get more. Think, Do the math. Use common sense. Think about it. And look at what has transpired here since he's taken over. Has he been reluctant to spend ever in no. his ownership? No. Okay. He so then it, then it shouldn't be about money, mm-hmm. right? This is not about money. And he's done everything he could in what he thought was the right way to build a team. He's also learning. He's also working with different people because of different circumstances. Like, you have to. It sucks, but you have to, unfortunately, trust right now Cohen and Stearns that they know what they're doing and that this is the best way for the Mets to operate beyond this year. This year might be painful, but this is the best way to operate. Bob is calling from Lindenhurst. What's up, Bob? Yo, Sal, I got a, I got a thing with you. 45 minutes ago, you actually came on the air and said you understand and accept. Mm-hmm. Really? Two weeks ago, I could still hear you screaming at the top of your lungs, we got to do something, do something, anything, just get somebody. <laughs> two weeks ago, now you're accepting and understanding. I, I, I don't, don't understand you. I don't have a choice. I, I, I don't get it. They're, they're, they're not. You, you do have a choice. You, you, are you afraid to make a yell at Steve Cohen and call him out for what he is? You know what the difference is? Do you think, let me ask you something. Hold on a second. Let me ask you something. Do you think I'm afraid? I don't know. No, you, never you know do. the answer to that. You know the answer. What do you mean I never do? Come on, you, uh, I know. You, you yell at Steve Cohen? Of course I would if he if I thought he did something wrong. I do not believe he's doing anything wrong he's right now. He's doing something 
something wrong. What is it? He's what? doing something wrong. The only thing difference between him and the Wilpons is the Wilpons would have shut us up with some big trades. We're a big, big uh, signing. What? I, I, mm. so, yeah. All right, so tell the me Wilpons, what you want. Every year they shut us up. Yeah. Every year they shut us up with getting someone big and, and, and a big name. It never worked out, but they always did something. No. He's doing nothing. When did the Mets bring in a big name from 2009 to 2015? And maybe even know. beyond. Really Do we count Cespedes or not? Cespedes. That's Cespedes. it. Cespedes. Cespedes will be it. Mid-2015. B.C., before Cespedes. Right. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I don't remember, but I'm just I'm just saying you got to call him out. Don't be afraid. For, stop giving him nicknames. Bob, You're not Bob, 14 years old. Bob, trust me. Stop with the King Cohen and the Uncle Stevie crap. I don't. The guy's he's not doing anything for us. Bob, I'm buying Bob, soon. Bob. I want a team this year. Bob, this year. Bob, I who, want a team. Who spent the most money last year in, in baseball? I don't care. I didn't go to no World Series. I'm sorry. Bob, stupid <laughs> that you can't comprehend what he's doing. What has he done? What has he done? And then I say, who spent the most money last year? I don't care. Give me a World Series. Well, he's trying, you idiot. He's trying. He spent the most money last year. It didn't work. He realized that's not the best way to do it. So he's going about it differently now. Why can't you understand that? That's where I'm at with this whole thing. I know where you're at. Let me let me get Bob's yeah. back for a second here. I think that Bob, if Bob was to, you know, when when Bob calms down, whatever that is today. And by mm-hmm. the way, I love the passion. It's a little yeah, misguided. It's a little inaccurate. But Bob, that passion is awesome. Well, it's, and, just, it's just not smart. But anyway, but yeah. I, but I do believe that it's it's representative of a big chunk of Met fans Understood. right now. And you know, he's airing it out. And and I, again, when when you get wrapped up in the emotions, you. You do forget that Steve has spent as much as anybody, and he's he's gone for it, and now it's a recalibration. But that doesn't take away the real disappointment because now it's real. When we were sitting here, Yamamoto, December, eh, it's not even Christmas yet. Yeah, it's January, right. still early. It's February. And in two weeks, they're going to be down to Port St. Lucie doing a little PFP, jogging their poles, doing their sit-ups in the outfield, doing their long toss, and this team ain't it. And the fans know it because they're great baseball fans. And while I think they, a, a big part of their brain understands what's happening with what he did versus the pivot, ver- mm-hmm. they don't care right now because they think they're staring at an empty baseball season, and I agree with them. Well, well guess what? They are. And Steve Cohen and knows pissed. it. Steve Cohen knows it too. Yeah, they're pissed. But the reality is, do you think if I ask you the question, you could represent the fan base who's against Steve Cohen? Mm-hmm. Do you think Steve Cohen wants to build a winner? Yes. Okay. So don't you think that Steve Cohen is doing what he believes is in the best interest of building this team into a winner long term? There's a nuanced answer there. There really is. I absolutely believe that it is Steve's mission to, or his dream and and, and, and mission, I'll, I'll stick with mission, to bring a championship to the Mets. I, I do believe that, honestly. No joke. No, like, is that, that, anything, that is a statement. Right, I believe right. him. But I did think he would go a little deeper in the pool to follow through on that mission. This year? Yes. Okay. But what if I just said it's one year where he's taking well, a step back? If that's because the case, no, no, that's true. If that's the case and he gets Soto for 600 and he does, well, then we'll sit here. We'll remember this conversation and I'll say, you know what, Sal? As painful as 2024 was, now obviously we're and, in 2025. I'll say, you know, it was a prudent plan. It was painful in the moment. But look where you guys are and it's working. Could you question his, 
you know, his plan of attack since he's been here the prior years to this one? You can question some of the players or, for spending. Uh, well, from no, him, from that's him, not from a spending right, point of view. I can't. Doing, no, I can't. Right. So I can't. No, I'm not going to be doing, unfair to this. It's, it's not even just about spending. From him doing whatever he thought he needed yeah. to do. Yep. I mean, you heard his words when they closed the Correa deal before yep. it fell apart. I, I, I think he tweeted. I, this I, is the I final, understand. We thought yep. this is the final missing, piece. Missing, like, missing piece. piece, whatever it is. Just get it. And I know you do, but it's February 1, and the Met fans sitting there saying, my team's not good, and they're not having it. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. All right, BT and Sal on the fan. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. 877-337-6666. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This happened. You talked about it on the fan. Play fake. Jones rolls left. Rolls left. Wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata back on The Fan. We have game time with Al Boomer Sizing coming up at 1140, game four of our baseball card World Series. Pivotal one here, Sal. I was down. Big one. Two games to none. Bounce back, getting a win on my home field. We'll see if we can keep that going. Uh, I think I'm going to go with 1990 today. Last last week we did 90. We did uh, 89. I didn't uh, decide until last minute today. I'm going to let you know, BT. I think I'm going 1990 today. I got to try to even this series up. I know the later we go, yeah, generally that favors me. Yep. Well, you never know what these paths. No, it does. It, it, and the earlier we go, it favors me. Right. And so we still, you still got. What did we do 84, 85, 84, 85. I won. We did 89 last week. Game you three. won. You're going 90 today. We'll oh. see what happens. I, I just checked the Vegas odds on Fanduel, Fal, uh, Sal, Barbie, Sal. Uh, foul. Yeah. Sal, I was thinking FanDuel and Sal. Yeah. I said foul. Sal is right now minus 140. Well, get out of going here. Going into today's game. You're the favorite. You are. Uh, no, I can't be that big of a favorite. You're the champ. Yeah. Um, all right. A couple of things here before we get back to the calls. My buddy Joe DeMeo, I told you, does the Mets podcast uh, over at SNY. Knows the Mets inside out, the farm system and all that. He's referenced the caller before. I forget the caller's name, but the dude who's passionate and yelling at me. Is that Bob? Yeah, Bob maybe. Okay. He was tremendous. We appreciate it. And he was saying the call was crazy because not too long ago, and this is why, you know, the, the call was saying, oh, the Wilpon just to, you know, distract us with big name trades. 2020, prior to going into that year with the with the Mets team, with Brody Van Wagen and still led by previous ownership, yeah. the Mets unveiled the signings of Rick Porcello, ah. Dallin Batanzas. Seton Hall kid, I believe. Seton Hall prep, right? And Jake Marisnik. Like, think about uh. that, dude. Th- th- this is... Didn't Met- work out. Met fans forget very quickly 
of how bad, you know, you had guys like Michael Walker. I mean, come on, think oh about. Oh, my God, the reclamation projects, the guys who think, were on the Think about end these the guys. And, and, and that's just one example. And yeah. I remember feeling like from after Jason Bay, and that was 2009 season, I believe, first year at City Field, the Mets, you know, got like J.J. Putz or Jason Bay, whatever it was. After oh, the pitcher put from Seattle, the closer? Yeah, right, and it didn't work out. Was it out. a Putz? Was yeah. I thought it was J.J. I right? thought it was puts, but okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, was... po- point is, like they were the Mets were spending atop the free agent class then, and then after the what the hell's his name Madoff, Madoff thing. Yeah, they, they like they didn't. 2010, 11, 12, 13. Not until 14 it was like, oh my god, the Mets actually signed somebody, and it was I think Granderson and Bartolo Colon were the big signings. So they have come a long way under Steve Cohen's ownership. I understand the frustration. I get that it's going to suck. Nobody wants to go into a full baseball season of 162 with minimal expectations. No. And, and that's where we're at. However, I do truly believe it's for the greater good. Yeah, I mean, we see it a little differently here. I think you could still grow the farm and do it the way Stearns wants. But with one or two swift moves here, you come out opening day, fans are pumped up. You got a chance to be pretty good. And I really mean that. Like, if it was a it was a combination of Snell and Chapman or Montgomery and... And and Bellinger, whatever, two of the remaining four or five top prospects out there or free agents out there. I don't know. And not to you know delve too deeply into the past, mm-hmm. but I feel like, and I, I wasn't emotionally invested in it, so maybe I'm I'm off. But I feel like the Wilpon stuff was overstated and was hijacked for a while. Like the Mets, the Mets never had like the twenty seventh payroll. Correct. I mean, uh, come on. Well, well, only post Madoff. Yeah, that's where it really got. Were they like mid-teens? Like, did they drop that much? Uh, I, I just, I don't remember the exact where they were at payroll, but they were never in on a big free agent. Never. Yeah, yeah, and ne- never. I yep. mean, names came off the. They were just not. They just that after that they, they made they, a play for Alex. They right. They well, yeah, but they the, made a real play. Yeah, now for you're him. going back years, obviously. I know, I know. Right. So I agree with you. Okay. And I was never one that said. First of all, I never get on the air and would say sell the team because. It just is not going to happen. Yeah. Like, although it did happen, it, so. it did happen, which so. is crazy, right? So, man, maybe we're saying to, it with some other teams. Maybe we start saying Woody. Come hey, on, Woody. Hey, Woody, it's time that's to. Geez. So, I, I would always look at you know the people that they brought in to bring in the people that build the team. Anyway, they did get a bad rap because for many years the Mets may have been second citizen to the Yankees mm-hmm. or not the highest at all times. But they did, man. Beltran, Pedro. They were top 10 for sure. Tom Glavin. And by the way, Carlos Delgado. Was he a trade or a free agent? Delgado. uh, He was was a a free agent, right? It was a trade. Okay, it was a trade. Yeah, that was a trade. They brought guys in over the years. 100% they did. Alomar. And by the way, they had success. They were in the World Series in 2000. They made it, you know, game seven of the NLCS in 2006. They made it to the World Series again in 2015. So even with. The lack of top end spending. Yep. You still can build a winning team. There's not just one way to do it. I understand the frustration. Believe me, it hurts me more than than anybody to deal with this because I I want the Mets to be good for what we do for work. Not only my fandom, but I don't want to go into a season thinking about oh god, this team's going to be a 75 win team. I'll give you a quick analogy yeah. here. Like for years, like you know, you had all these teams where. St. John's, like, they're they're knocking on the door. Do they get in the tournament? They lose and, again and they don't. They did. Oh, yeah. yeah, they did lose. They lost to Xavier, which but metrically is not horrendous. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's actually, they, they dropped, like, two slots in the net. They're still a tournament team. But, yeah, you got to start winning some games again. And 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 they will. I don't know if they'll beat UConn, but they got some hangers coming up with UConn, with um, Georgetown and DePaul. Point being, before Rick came here, right, whether it was Anderson, you know, even Mully, uh, and really every other coach that they've had, Norm Roberts before that, Lavin, like when they didn't make it, it, yeah, it was it was disappointment. But if they don't make it this year, it will be gross disappointment because of, it's Patino, and 
previous Met teams, when they didn't make it, it was disappointing, or they didn't construct a team that was constructed in the vision that that they that they thought it would be or hoped it would be. It, it hurt, but I think it's going to hurt more because of Cohen's presence, like Patino. Cohen's got the pocket. Rick's got you know the the the, the money. Rick's got the resume. I think the toughest thing for Met fans to compartmentalize right now, even though Sal's making a lot of sense with the money, is yo. There's three, four, five guys out there that can transform our season. Yeah, call them. I get it, but it it would be a short term fix with minimal gain. Mm, I'm gonna, I'm even, mis- if ah. win, even if they win nine, like they can't. They're not. I mean, Chapman's what 31, 32. He's not thirty seven. Yeah, but you're also then roadblocking some of the young guys. Which if is there the is Beatty, definitely going to be good enough to play third base in the major leagues for no, ten years. But Who I'm knows? Talking, I'm talking about even the guys that come up next year. I mean, a couple. But aren't most of them outfielders and no, I think infielders. They have a couple uh, infielders, if, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, but but anyway. And they're, they're, I don't think that's the right move for this team. And even if it were, like he's going to make the team better, let's say, then it prevents you from maybe getting a more in, uh, influential piece next year. Like, they really need pitching. That's where I'd spend the money. So if you're going to tell me anyone, even though I don't like Blake Snell, I personally would go get Montgomery because I know you just go get him, and he's going to be worth whatever you pay him to be your number two or number three. Now, on the Mets, he might be the number one, but I'm talking about long-term Yeah, would project to, to be that. Uh, before we get back to the calls, I got two things for you. Okay. Debating if I should save one of them um, or not. Pertaining but to Mets or w- different stuff? One's good for the Mets. One's good for the New York Giants. Football oh, Giants. Um, save the Giants Okay, and hit me with the Mets. Okay. So the Mets are close to a deal with left-handed reliever Jake Diekman, and this is according to The Athletic, Will Salmon, and I think Ken Rosenthal had it. Okay. Diekman last year, Diekman is 37. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see when he'll be. Yeah, I mean. How do you spell it? Is it D-Y-K? D-I-E-K-M-A-N. <laughs> D-I-E. Jake Diekman. Oh, I got him. That's right. He was with the White Sox. Sox for a while. And the Rays last year. When he got to the Rays, he was awful in Chicago, but yeah. when he got to the Rays, he pitched to a 2.18 ERA in 50 games there. So, uh, Wait, see. is this the part that you said is going to be good for the Mets? Well, I mean, they get a lefty reliever. So. I mean, come on, dude. and that's and that's sadly, Met fans. Sadly, this is probably no. it for the off season as they get ready for pitchers and catchers to report. Oh, started I mean, started the off season with Sevy. End it with what is his name? Deekman. Deekman. We sure that's how you say Deekman. Deek. It's it's Deekman. Okay, believe it is. I think I've heard that. Deekman. Well, okay. CeeLo said it at the updates. Well, oh, I mean, okay. think well, about it. Do we trust CeeLo? I mean, it's, it looks like <laughs> Not it's... Not fully. Yeah, okay. So he's a lefty, and there's always value in that. Fantastic. Um, so I'm just looking at his baseball reference. I can only imagine what his baseball cube would look like with all the minor league stints. I right. don't have time for that. The Phillies for three years. Mm-hmm. The Rangers for three, four years. To the Cardinals. To the Royals. To the A's. To the Red Sox. To the White Sox. To the Rays. He has played 12 years. And he has been on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. Yeah, I mean, whatever. This, is, this he, is the good part of the thing. He's, he's, a, he's a lefty reliever, and you're not going to have to pay him nearly as much as what Wandy Peralta got. All right. right. Because he's not nearly as good as Wandy <laughs> Peralta. Peralta's have, actually good. We have some. Yeah, but you know. Uh, this guy's going to stink. I can tell he's going to stink. Still better than what they have. All right. Now we, have, <laughs> we want the good news for the Giants here. It's actually breaking news. In the oh. NFL. Good news for the Giants. Oh, oh yeah. Let's go. The Washington Commanders. Who are they hire? Oh, wait. wait who they, they've got to be hiring somebody we hate or we don't respect. Oh, God. Who are they hiring? Who's their coach? Who do they mess this around and co- hire? It's according to uh, Adam Schefter, oh. the Washington Commanders' next head coach is yes. Dan Quinn. Oof. Your guy, Danny boy. So you don't have to Dan worry about the Commanders, Quinn. Giant fans. 
You're safe there for the foreseeable future until he inevitably gets fired in five, six years, whatever it may be, maybe four or five years. Giants are safe with that. Oh, it could have been worse. could have been Bill Belichick. I started to think after they missed out on Ben Johnson, who decided to stay in Detroit, I was thinking, yeah, maybe they pivot here and go with Belichick because we thought that that was a rumor for a while. Well, that was even in the middle of the season. You heard a little connection with Belichick to the commanders. I think this is actually good news for the Giants twofold. Yep. Number one, you take Quinn away from from what he does well yes. as far as being a defensive DC. coordinator from Dallas. Mm-hmm. He has had success there you know, outside of the postseason this year. Generally, he's done a nice job. He did job. a good job, dude. He's a good defensive coordinator. And it's very good because he's not a good head coach. So the Giants win on both ends here. Dallas gets a little worse not having Quinn as their D coordinator, and the Giants get a little bit better by having Quinn uh, be the head coach of Washington, where I think it's a downgrade from Ron Can I just point out, though, and listen, I appreciate good news, and even though Mm -hmm. they're coming in small doses here, can we get to a point, and, you know, the Knicks are giving us this, and the Yankees with Soto, but can we get to a more consistent point where two things that Sal tells us that represents good news, one is a team in the division who they hired, and the other is the Mets getting a 37-year-old lefty out of the bullpen who's been on nine teams in 12 years. Oh. And how about some actual good news? Well, I mean, it's a lefty reliever. The <laughs> well, Mets have I mean, lined him up. Come on. Bring back, uh, bring back your boy on TV. What's it? Uh, Jared uh, Blevins. Well, they already brought back one guy, Adovino, who I think, by the way, we're going to have on the show today via Zoom. I haven't talked to Adovino right. since he signed on. Again, bullpens are so I understand. I know. I'm messing and, around, but and, come on. He's 37, and 38. Truth be, truth be told, BT, this is where Stearns and the pitching system and, and all that stuff, that's where this better flex their muscle. The Mets better be getting these no-name guys, and they better be turning into impactful players here, and that will give hope moving forward. I would be totally fine with that, and I'm sure there's an aspect of this because they signed a lot of those guys, uh, including, uh, I believe, Mr. Scrub. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel a lot better if the you know it was like twenty five year old kid who threw absolute gas but couldn't find it. What is this guy? He was he throwing 80, 88 miles an hour? How hard is he throwing? He's thirty eight, veteran lefty. I right. really can't knock it. Right. Gene is calling from Secaucus. Gene, hey, how you doing, guys? How you doing, BT? How you doing, Sal? What's up, Gene? Hey, pal, how you Sal, doing? All the best to you. I know you had uh, heard before you had the family emergency. All the best. Thank I hope you. all is well. Uh, prayers it. to you. And uh, BT, how's everything going? Everything's great, man. Everything's good. Big, big Mets fan. I wish I had more time to call you guys, but I've been doing my music like full time. Thank hmm. God. Ooh, and good for you. Um, what are you writing? What, what no, kind I, of? I don't know if you know this. I'm a, I'm a, a musician, and a couple of years ago, I released an album. It was doing nothing on Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. All of a sudden, uh, gigging down the Jersey Shore, it started picking up, and I'm getting gigs. I haven't had any time. There to you go. Look at the Jersey Shore but, helping us out. A local you know what? You know, nice. you, I, know, I thought you knew this. Uh, I didn't know that. Google gave me my own artist page. You can type my name, Gene Salati, in Google, and you can hear all the music. Gene, G-E-N-E, and then Salati, S-A-L-A-T-I. So out of nowhere, right. I'm like gigging. I mean, my album is not selling. It's, it's like, I think I sold like 23 albums in two years. Do you have I'm a sports point there, Gene? Sure. 23 albums in two years? We got to... Can help you out a little. Bit. I know, I know. It's yeah, like I can it's like twenty three albums in two I'm years. I'm going to be sixty years old. I'm too old for <laughs> yeah, midlife I got crisis. You, man. But I don't know. I've been, at least I've been gigging down the shore. Oh, good man, respect. What check do you out, got? I'm hit, hit, hit with the Mets. I think you like. Anyway, you know I'm a big Mets fan, BT. But you know what? I'm going to be very honest. I know Sal, you're a big Mets fan, BT, or Yankee fan. But I'm, I'm going to be a Mets fan, realistic. They're not better than the Braves, Phillies, and Marlins. And if I, I had the Mets about at, at eighty wins. If they're going to be eighty wins, they're going to be competing with the Nationals. You know what I'm. Thing? Woo! Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. Oh. Sounds familiar, Gene? <laughs> 
Yeah, listen, thank you. I, just, <laughs> check it out. I mean, I'm not, I, it's, I just want to your Instagram page uh, and get something. a couple clips out there. Yeah, yeah, I got. If you go to YouTube, can you write one about the Mets and Steve Cohen? Write one about this show. I like. Mm. Listen, Even I like better. Steve Cohen. Last year, he had the highest payroll in baseball. This year, he's got the second most highest payroll in baseball with the Dodgers. And you know what? Uh, we're about two years away. Uh, and uh, and Gene, hold it, on one second. I, I, I got to ask. Hold on, sec, Gene. So they they did write one about the Mets years ago. The Doors wrote it. Do you know the song? No. This is the end. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> this is well, you know the what? end, with, with music, my you, friend. You know what? It's been with out music, there for years, Sal. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Doors. Yeah, but you know what? With music, you could. I'm a writer too, but with right. music, you can't copyright titles. You could only copyright words and music. So I could come out and write another. I could write a song called Hotel California. No one's going to give me a pro. You can't copyright that. The same thing with books too. Oh, okay. I think we're having an issue with the line the, there, Gene. And Gene's thank you for the call. Uh, very, we're going to let you go before the, there. before the line. It Gene. was breaking up a little bit. But thank you for the call, Gene, and good luck with your oh, music. Wait, hold on. You for, you played his music. I, I, I you play, you prolonged it. How much? I mean, geez, we got to start charging him here. He gave his his name a pop. He spelled his name too. He spelled it all out. We played his music. I mean, my goodness. I think the time has expired. Uh, back to the point about the Mets. I look, you know me, BT, and fans should know I me. I thought I knew you. I don't know. I this thought Sal. I did. Yeah. Well, look. I, I mean, I've complained about the Mets since I've been on SNY in 2010. I've complained about the Mets since I've started here back in 2003, behind the scenes as an intern, whatever it may be. Every chance I get on the air to people who listen in the newsroom, if I believed that they were doing something I thought was unacceptable or wrong. I would I would say it. I'm I'm being honest with you. Like I'm not looking forward to this season. This is not one where I'm going to say, "Oh, the Mets are going to prove doubters wrong." I do think they could exceed expectations, which are minimal, and mm-hmm. that is by design. They wanted the lower expectations. Guess what? Mission accomplished. I'm trying to be understanding and patient. Now I can't promise that I'm not going to flip out in season. That's bound to happen. No. Yeah, that's, I mean. <laughs> well, no kidding. You're going to flip out the first week. Uh, probably. But I'm going to No, no flip yeah. outs for Sal for yeah, six I'll, months. I'll that will everybody. None. Man, former Yankee yeah. Mendoza, get him out of here. Boone's yeah. Lackey, Severino, you suck. Oh, I can't wait till you turn I'm on sure. the ex-Yankees. Oh, that's going to be a they're, fun they're show. Stuff. The more ex-Yankees you bring in, the more apt I am to let loose on all of them. Mm. Anyway, this is one year. Now, I'm giving them a pass this year, right? Which for me, and I think most fans, if there are some fans who are willing to give them a pass, that's saying something because fans don't generally give teams a pass for a year. Those of us who can see the plan are willing to give a pass for a year. However, when that pass expires, it better be all in. Both feet, dive, whatever you want to say, all in, no excuses. I want to see the prospects. I want to see the money being spent. There's like next year, it's World Series or bust as far as I'm concerned, especially if I give you a pass this year. All right, a couple things here. So uh, I've got to be more fair to uh, to Gene. Uh, what is his name? Jake Dykeman here. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> Gene, Gene Diekman. What is his name? No, Gene was the caller. Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman. Jake, De- Jake yeah. Joe Diekman. It's yes. Diekman. Okay. Yeah. I said he was throwing 87. He actually throws 96 miles an hour. I just looked it up. I yeah. just want to be fair. Want to be, yours, that's, that's right. Great signing. Yeah, right. Throws his fastball 63.8% of the time, 95.5 average velo, 17.9%. He hits the slider. He's got a little cutter as well. Just wanted to get that out okay. there because I was way so, off on the, on the velo. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 sure, I'm not pretending to sit here and say yeah. I watch the guy pitch every night. Now, here's the one thing. And I, I think, I think, and we'll do this coming up next because I want to be able mm-hmm. to expand on this. I don't want to force it in. All right. 
I think that the greatest misnomer in all of New York sports pertaining to fans it right now in front of our eyes is is it's being tested. Uh, I wanna I've got a theory okay. uh about fandom and tolerance and a misnomer and misguidance. I'll hit you with it coming up next. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata, back on The Fan. I just went back and got the packs of cards, two packs Ooh. of 1990 tops, game four. Are they nice uh, and tightly secured and nice sealed, and or are they one of those refer? Oh, yeah, those yeah, are no, okay, these are nice. good. We're good to go here. These yeah. are fresh packs, fresh gum on top. We'll have to go through those. That's coming up. In about 15 minutes or so. Now, you tease something before the break ahead. What do you got? Yeah, so to me, I want to present you with what I think is one of the great fallacies, one of the great misnomers, in actually the greatest fallacy in all of New York sports. This pertains to fans, okay? And I remember I used to get a lot of this for years with the Knicks being the poster child to, to, to illuminate how inconsistent these fallacies or these thoughts are. That the New York sports fan will not tolerate a rebuild. Right. Incorrect. No way is that true. Now, you think about it, and I say the Knicks in the Garden because the exorbitant ticket prices, there's only 20,000 seats versus, you know, basically 50 in Queens, 50 in the Bronx. So it's a different supply and demand. And the courtside seats, you know, so highly priced. The Knicks, I think, in their own minds had to justify, um, you know, putting out a product that at least on the surface or perceptually was going to be somewhat relevant. And by chasing that relevancy, they brought in decaying players like Stevie Francis. They chased oh, bad God. contracts. Eddie Curry, Jerome James yeah, coming off one good series with the Sonics. Okay, so they got in trouble. Now, I always had a real issue with that thought because that challenges the great sophistication of New York sports fans. Yeah, we're raw, and yeah, we're loud, but we have sophistication, and we have acumen. And as long as we know... And here's the point pertaining to the Mets to bring a full circle. As long as we know that the rebuild is being done the right way and those shortcuts or like a combination of a few things that makes it murky, we're fine with it. My issue with the Mets plan this year, and that's what we're talking about on the show tonight, right? right? Is that it's it's mixed messaging and it's piecing things together that I don't think will work. A rebuild is you trade Pete. A rebuild is you probably don't sign Nimmo to eight years. A rebuild is you find somebody to take care of McNeil's contract and trade him. So I just, I'm confused by what we're doing. Understood. Now, you, you've you heard so far the intolerance from Met fans oh, yeah. with the rebuild. Yes. So, But at the same token, you're saying that New York fans will understand it. Well, because it's not the right rebuild. Well, I don't think that they, I don't you, think that you they think, believe in the direction of this rebuild. Well, that's foolish. Not as number, a premise. Foolish, number one. But number two, do you think if the Mets traded Pete Alonso, fans would be understanding of that? I think if they then rid themselves of other Dude, the Met, assets. The, the Met, you already heard the stuff how Met fans feel about Alonzo. If they got back two top ten prospects and then they were fine, you know, they, they, I, I Met fans would flip out. And I think rightfully so on that regard. Although I will agree with you. One token, I don't agree that fans will tolerate a rebuild. Maybe a semi-rebuild, like... Yeah, we're going to rebuild it, but you won't even see us rebuilding it, really. And we're still going to field a competitive team, which I think is the ultimate plan 
for the Mets, the problem is all the money that they spent. The ultimate plan for this year. No, no. What was the plan? Oh, gotcha. Like, they still were trying to rebuild from the lower levels of their infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Just they expedited the process by realizing it wasn't working spending the way that they were at the big league level. So they expedited the process as far as trading those guys, getting in more prospects. But the Mets have always known, since Steve Cohen's been here, what the real issue is. They were just trying to do that, rebuild, while fielding a team that could compete at the highest levels. Now, because they spent poorly, this year's going to have to be a step back and kind of a reset a little bit while still rebuilding and trying to field a competitive team. Where I agree with you is that they could do more to expedite the process. We're okay with watching kids play. Like, you know, and again, the Knicks never did this, and now they're they're out of it because they were financially prudent. And, and they've been they for completely... 20 years, though. Oh, dude, oh like... God, yeah. Because they tried to half-step it. Right. And, and I feel like the Mets are doing that as well. It's it's half a plan. But Nimmo, you, I'm not going to get on them for Nimmo or bringing back Diaz because they did that off of a 101-win season and they didn't believe that the team was as bad as it turned out to be. I think if if this or if last year was Nimmo's walk year, I think it'd be a different story. And I, I can respect and, that. And that that's that's that. a fair. You know, they went. They, they brought back Nimmo, thinking, all right, he's going to be a glue guy or 101 win season. We're going to go for it again. And yeah. they thought they'd be in the playoffs for sure. Maybe not win a World Series, but who knows? Obviously, it blew up in their face with Verlander and Scherzer. All that. The Pete one is a big one, and McNeil. See, I would trade McNeil. As a matter of fact, if you ask me right now, if I had one move left, would it be bringing in Bellinger? Would it be bringing in Chapman? Would it be bringing in Montgomery? Mm-hmm. No, my one move would be to rid themselves of Jeff McNeil. You think he's that? Out of cancerous is a very strong no, word, I think but you think it's... I think it's, a, I think it's the easiest move they could make to shake up the core of the team. You're not expecting much back, though. It's just to, it's, re- it's really that. more deleting yeah. than you don't view him as the asset that's going to bring anything back that's going to change. Correct. The f- okay. Maybe you, yeah. may, maybe you get something back. Maybe you don't. Maybe you shed yourself of that money. Yeah. And you could, whatever, go get a DH. Like, Dude, I said I'd take yeah. him on the Yankees because I, I, I think he'd we hit 300. We I've said that. This. Yeah, I, I think that like that to me would at least be a sign yeah. that they're starting to change the core a what little bit. What don't you they like can't... about him? Because he's hit 300 a couple of times. What is the problem? I think he's part of a, a losing culture, and he does not provide enough for me in any – like he's a he's a, a gamer, but he's also selfish. He's always frustrated every time he doesn't get a hit. Yep. He's a guy that he's not hitting 330. What does he provide exactly? Greg Jeffrey was, was like that as a Met. Where now Je- Greg could run more, and Greg eventually developed some pop, but I think he stole forty or fifty and, and bases a better for Tory. Oh, no, no yeah. question. But Greg was a guy who, if he didn't get his two knocks, even if the Mets won, Greg wasn't happy. You know what I and mean? And it though? seems like, like McNeil's like that a little bit. Yeah, I just, I think, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think he might be better on a team of winning players or winning team where he could be like a seventh hitter or get him on the Orioles. How would he fit well, that team? Well, whatever. How I, would he fit Toronto? How would he fit some of these other teams? He'd fit great. Put it this He'd way. fit great anywhere. He's a good hitter. He, you would agree he's part of their core, right? Yes. Okay. So if Nimmo's not going anywhere. No. And Lindor's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the Pete situation is what it is. Mm-hmm. 
What does that leave? It leaves me. I want a little yeah. bit of a shakeup on this team. Okay, that's, I got you. That's the one. Move. Understood. Monte I, after the year, I think he's, he's this is his last year. I think. No, I think this is year three. He's oh, on a four-year deal. One yeah, more. he does. I'm almost positive. Oh, yeah, it was boy. four years. Yeah, you might be right. Unless on that. there was some sort of option, but I'm almost positive. Oh, uh, he's four. another one after the year. Yeah. You could reassess that, and hopefully, he has a big bounce back year. Maybe they can move him. At the Who knows? But and you'd rather have Marte more so than McNeil because he does more. Correct. Like a healthy Marte is more useful inning to inning. Than a healthy McNeil. To me, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hit with power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play good right run field. Run a little bit. Run a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, I got you. He's an athlete. He's different, different profile. All right. But but I agree with you that they could do more if it were a true rebuild. Matt is in Chester. What's up, Matt? Hey, fellas. Uh, thank you for putting me on today. Appreciate How are you, it. Matt? I'm all right. The funny thing about me is that I'm a Mets fan who has – they've done damage to my blood pressure in the past. And as far as this offseason has gone, I'm completely different from, I guess, everyone else calling up. This is what they said they were going to do. They said out loud, we have our third baseman on the roster. We're not going to go out and get a third baseman. We're going to let the kids hit. They also were pretty candid where the only pitcher they wanted to commit to long-term was Yamamoto. So I, I understand that Cohen has a ton of money to throw around. But if you're telling me that getting Snell and Montgomery this year means that I can't go after Walker Bueller or Burns or anybody next year. Yep. Or if I commit to Cody Bellinger, who, by the way, before last year was a dumpster fire for three seasons. And I don't think he's going to carry that forward at all. I, I do, you know, by the way, Matt, that's, that's a difference of opinion. I, I respectfully disagree. And I know that there were some bumpy rides. Like, at one point, he just couldn't hit. He couldn't even make contact. He reworked a swing. To me, there was enough evidence early on. I think he runs. He's got pop. I like him more than you. That's fine. But let me let me cool. throw this at you because I, I hear you. I think you lay it out well. I guess my pushback would be, and I'm going to ask you the question, Matt, because the, the market has slowed to such a glacial pace, you can conceivably get some of these borderline stars or stars at 80 cents on the dollar. That's not more right. appealing? Well, could I answer that question with a question? If yeah. they're so appealing, why aren't they being signed by anybody else? Because not everybody has the money that Cohen has. But if we're talking about players that will transform a roster, one player like a Bellinger or a Snell, and by the way, Snell, if the bullpen is not a, a strength yeah. on this team, Snell's not making it any better. Because that guy's not pitching out of the fifth inning ever. Yeah. Well, what's so, uh, you know, mean, if, I, really? First of all, I agree with you, Matt, and thank you for the call. The biggest part that I agree with him is that this is, to me, not mixed messaging. It's maybe messaging we don't want to believe, but they have come out and said, last year Cohen said it and gave all indications that they were going to take a big step back and lower the expectation, all that stuff. It's, it's not even writing on the wall. Like, they flat out told you the plan, repurposing whatever you want to say. One thing is the the contracts or the demands coming down for these guys, right? Are we talking one-year deals? No, no, no. Okay. It's not going to be one. It's not going to come down deal? that much. No. So then, to me, I'd be out. Like, okay. I don't like Bellinger or Snell as players either, but if you were telling me I could get them one year, even if the AAV was up, I know what you're saying. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. then that's different. And Now, maybe it wouldn't be different to the Mets. It might be different to me mm. because there's no long-term commitment. All right, you're paying the tax, sure, but it's one year. You know, and you, it'll help you compete better this year, even while rebuilding. I, I get that. Listen, I I think he's going to be really good for a while. I believe that. I, I'm really interested to watch him play this year because I get it. Bellinger, the, you talking oh, about? Yeah. Okay. There were some years where, I mean, he was lost, where he truly had to remake it. He couldn't even make contact. So, 
I get it. When you have that year, and then you hit 307 in a walk year with 28 bombs and whatever he did with the RBIs and, you know, 850 OPS, it's a, it's a jump. And there was enough evidence early on he was a star, and then he completely disappeared, and then he regenerated. I'm not saying that it's the most linear path. It's odd. I would take him on the Yankees right now for my first baseman. B- I've said that. BT, I really would. BT and Sal on the fan will come back. Game four of the baseball card World Series. That'll be coming up a little game time without Boomer size, and we'll get back to your calls on the Mets, of course, as well. And try to take a 3-1 lead. Sal got the dub last week. He's trying to even things up at 2. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Now time for Game Time Without Boomer Esiason with Brendan Tierney and Sal Licata. Here we go. Game four, Baseball Card World Series. 1990 is the year. Mm-hmm. This this was the year that it was a big, uh, the big Ken Griffey Jr. Topps rookie card was in. So that was okay. the card you try to pull. Uh, I just opened my pack here that I'm going to read to BT. BT has a pack as well. We have 14 cards total. I will say looking at... This particular pack, BT, yeah. I feel like it's an easier pack. Now, for I don't me. know. Well, yeah, the one that I'm going to read for you, I feel like I would have done well with this one. So okay. certain guys that maybe I know, I don't know if you know, maybe two later. Mm-hmm. Your, how would you grade the difficulty of the pack so far? Fairly hard Ooh, for you. Shoot. That's my first gut. Now, that just because it would be hard for me doesn't mean it's going to be hard for you. Right. I I was I said to Sal during the break, like 1990, I hadn't bought a baseball pack for... Probably three years at that point. Really, I'd go to the drugstore, like first, second, third grade on my bike. That's when I'd get them. I didn't didn't get baseball cards after third grade. I definitely didn't. Oh, man. Well, we'll see. All right, and because I'm home field here, I am am going to make you go first. Oof. So I'll read read them to you. The last lickage, huh? Yeah, because I know I'm going to be in trouble here. I'm probably going to need a big number. All right, hold on. So we have 14 apiece, right? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. I'm just writing this down. I'm ready whenever you are, sir. Okay. Two to one, I'm in the lead. We're playing for a pair of Nike Dunks. Uh, if, If I win, Sal owes me Yankee colored Nike Dunks and... If he wins, Met blue and orange Nike dunks. Oh, about or Knicks. You can wear them during the uh, Knicks championship run as yeah. well. All right. Uh, first card. Yes. The card to pull in the 1990 top set, Ken Griffey Jr. That's actually the first card? Yeah. This isn't a trick one here, no, is it? I mean, no. I'm, I'm getting inside my own head here. I mean, it's Seattle. Yeah, Seattle Mariners. As I said, it was an easy pack. But this is actually usually like we throw these cards out or leave them around. I'm actually keeping this one. Wow. Is that worth anything? Uh, It could be if it like graded mint, which it probably won't. Why why, would it been in the pack for 30 years? How was it not mint? Well, because... Discoloration or something? Yeah, or like the borders. It goes by if it's off-centered or not. Anyway. I mean, even if it's in good... It's got to be worth a couple of hundred, right? I don't know. You can buy the dunks with those. Nice. By the way, thanks to Ryan Chichester, who gave us these packs. Thank you, Ryan. I know you guys do the packs. Wow, Griffin. Gave us these 1990. And I'm not giving that to Ryan. I'm taking it. Okay. Give her the finders keepers. Okay, Joe Girardi. Uh, 1990, Joe was a cub. That is correct. Two for two. Take this See what I mean here? All right, stop... uh... All right, here we go. We don't need you to contextualize here, buddy. Fred Manrique, M-A-N-R-I-Q-U-E. That's funny. I played with a kid in college, Freddie Manriquez. Uh, I think he was an infielder, Freddie Manrique. I remember the name. Orioles? He was an infielder. Yeah, no, it's Texas not a, Rangers. Rangers, okay, two for three. Mike Sosha. Uh, Sosha Dodgers still at that point. Correct. Yeah. Mike Lacoste, L-A-C-O. Pitcher. Uh, yes. 
Giants? Correct. See, this is a problemo here. That wasn't an easy one. Come on. No, that was a good one. Okay. That was a good one. Mm. But I'm saying also familiar. Jeff Kunkel, K-U-N-K-E-L. Pitcher Seattle? No. Uh, I'm not sure who you think it is. Pitcher Giants? No. Not a pitcher? uh, Shortstop outfielder. Texas Rangers. Got it. Kurt Wilkerson. I feel like Kurt Wilkerson maybe was a catcher. Uh, Did he play for the Rangers, Kurt Wilkerson? Final answer? Yeah. No. I would have gotten this one. Okay. Cubs. Middle infielder for the Cubs. Yeah, okay. Ken Hill. Pitcher? Yes. God, I think he bounced around. He did. Like Rich Hill. These Hills pitch forever. Jeez. Let's get that pension. (laughs) Phillies? That's my final answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Cardinals. Okay. He was with the Cardinals, and I think later was with the Expos. How many cards is that so far? I believe that that's eight right, or so seven. Just count right. how many we've done Let's so see, far. Four, I know I have four right. Two, four for what? Three, four. Four for eight. Four for eight. So that means we have... What do we, what we do? We have six total? more. Okay. Craig Worthington. <sighs> this was one I've never heard of. I don't know this. Seattle. Orioles. Yeah, don't know. I had no idea. Dickie Thon. It's funny, I was watching the game with my dad in the basement when Mike Torres with the Mets and the Astrodome drilled Dickie Thon in the face with a fastball. Ooh. I was watching that game in my basement. I believe Doc may have been on the mound that day, but uh, no, no, I'm saying, uh, no, no, it was Torres. It was definitely, no, it was Torres. It was Torres. All right, so 1990, Dickie Thon was still with the Astros. Incorrect. It's not right, is it? Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. See, now this is where... This is where I'm like, you know, now but, I'm just playing. But this and, is an advantage. Know, I'm, I'm not following baseball th- This cards. is an advantage to me yeah. because later years, Dickie Thon, of course, was with the Astros all those years. <sighs> all right, all right, let's go. All right, here we go. You want a layup or you want me to save that one? Whatever you want, buddy. I'm going to give you a layup now. I'll okay. save some drama for the yeah, last Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a layup, though, necessarily. But it might not be 1990. Good. Let's R- go. Dave Rigetti. Dave Rigetti was gone from those... From those Yankee teams at this point. Let's see. No hitter in 83. I can tell you right now, if I get this wrong, I might put my fist through the microphone. This is going to piss me off, man. I'm not going to lie to you. This, this, would, this would legitimately tops. piss remember, me off, remember, dude. I know. Tops. He was there in 89. Uh, God, I've got to remember the manufacturing year versus the actual. This messed me up on one of the right. card. 89, Stump Merrill, we were terrible. 91, 90, he was not on that team. I'm going to get this wrong and I'm going to be pissed, dude. I'm going to say the Giants. I think I got this wrong, didn't I? Did I get it wrong? It's the Yankees. Did I get it wrong? Yankees. Oh, (laughs) Yeah. I've got a uh, shot now. uh, Yeah, you do. I've got a shot. And then I'm thinking, what an idiot I am. I'm saying, oh, you got a layup here. And then that's why, yeah. That was the last year he was there. I don't know because it doesn't give us beyond no, that, but but yeah, you would it know, was. right? It was. I knew he wasn't there, you know, his whole career. All right, Gene Larkin. Uh, I believe he played at Columbia Twins. Bingo. Yeah, that middle down. infielder. One, two, three, I four, have five. Two left. Five. Three left. Two left. So I'm five for twelve. Pete Inconvelia. Uh, Inky at this point is with the Rangers. He was a name that came up last week with '89. He still was with the Rangers. Pete Inconvelia. Don Mattingly when he hit Don, when he hit the home run. Uh, to tie Dale Long, opposite field in Texas, went over Inky's head by about a foot. A little flare, oppo, and I was on the BQE going to my grandparents' house in, Bro- in uh, Greenpoint. Inky dinky do. All right, so one, two, six for three, 13. four, five, six. Last card left. Yep. Mike Stanley. Okay, Mike Stanley. Uh, obviously, Stano, the, uh, the Yankee. <clears throat> 
I do not believe he was on the Yankees at this point. I believe he was a Texas Ranger at this point. That is correct. Let's go, baby. All right. Let's go. So now the question for you is going to be, here. will the Rigetti one come oh, back to oh, haunt you? Oh, Sal. One, dude, that dude, would piss me off, off dude. <laughs> Baby. If I get Mike Stanley, one, and that was fairly two, easy. The Rigetti one was four, brutal. Five, How did I mess that up? So seven. All right, seven and 14. Damn it. All right, here we go. All right, Now so. I'm nervous. You should be. John Dobson. Ooh. First guess was Orioles, but I think I'm wrong on that. I'm going to go Red Sox. Wow, he got it. Ooh. Yeah! Let's go, baby! Yo. Honestly, I give almost, me some. That's a good call. I almost blurted out Boston, uh, Baltimore. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't think you were going to get that one. <laughs> going to have to recalibrate a little bit here. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Steve Wilson. <clears throat> one for one for Sal. Very nicely done. Steve Wilson? Yeah. Dobson was a pitcher, by the way. Uh, right? Yes, he was. Let's not show uh, up here, Steve, so. Steve Wilson. I, I can't believe he got that one. Wow. Uh, Although, for sure, you I actually put that first because I wanted you to start over. over one. <laughs> it wasn't originally, it wasn't naturally first. I'm like, let me stick that there and start 0-1. Uh, Play with his head a little bit, his confidence. This is Steve a Wilson. Cleveland Indians. Uh, no. Okay. The Cubbies, left-handed pitcher. Ah, okay. All right, one for two. Um, Candy Maldonado. The Candyman. A little sterling for you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to just guess. I'll tell you, he'd be perfect for the Mets. A little DH action, you know. Oh, God, I hope I get this one. Uh, I'm going to guess San Francisco Giants. You're going to guess right? Okay, there we nice go. Nice job, dude. I he was a pretty re- good player. Candy was good. Couldn't remember Indians, him with right? another team. Indians, oh, I, I, yeah, right, Indians right, was another right, team. Right. He was a good okay. player. Never great. Always pretty good. Ken Williams. Uh, Chicago White Sox. No. Ooh. Tigers. But it is that Ken Williams, right? The, for the GM type, so the, the executive. He, I believe, I'm almost positive he, that it is. And he was with Chicago before that, uh, you would see. On the glasses, I, I can yeah. see this little print here. Yes. <sighs> you missed it by a year, like me with the Rigetti yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't remember him as a Ranger. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, what, uh, Tiger. Guy. Let's see. One, two. That's four so far. Two for two. Uh, two for four. Uh, two for four, Sally. Let's go. By the way, I'm up two games to one. This is a big game. Pivotal game. Joe Price. Joe Price. Mm-hmm. Expos. No. Where? Boston Red Sox. Okay. Lefty pitcher. By the way, what do we do in the event of a tie here? I think we grab another pack. I think we okay. split it down the middle, and okay. Hoff is the uh, is the guy. Mm. Greg Bailey. I remember Thurl Bailey. From, I think Utah Jazz. It was a Bob Baylor played for the Mets like in the early eighties. I believe he was like a middle infielder. Didn't hit much. Uh, Seattle. Yes. It's a hell of a pull, isn't it? I went, back, right. I went back to the to the memory. Wow. I'm like, I remember this name. I remember right. this name. Hold on. Let's go. One, two, one, two. So three for three, six? Four, four. Yeah. Okay. We're on good That's pace tough here. tough one, man. Um, Greg Minton. Cleveland. No. Ooh, what team? Angels. Do you remember what position he played? No. I remember the name. Yeah. I remember the colors. I would have gotten this close. wrong. You know what? I would have got it wrong. Actually, by a couple of years, but I knew he played for the Giants for a long time, pitcher, but I would not okay. have gotten that right. Uh, Jim Acker, no relation to Ackerman with the updates. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Acker. I'm going to guess Atlanta Braves. Blue Jays. Oh, damn it. Now let's see. The color what, schemes see, are there. Let's see oh. where we're at here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Acker is eight. So you are three for eight. With six left. With six left. 
Kelly Downs. Um, San Francisco. Final one? Yes. Or no? Yes, Giants. Are you sure? That's the Giants. That's got a, it. Oh, here we go, baby. <laughs> That's back. a good call, dude. That's good. Four for nine. These are not wow, easy, geez. but. Paul Coleman. Come on, can I get a gimme here? It's not Vince Coleman. Paul Coleman. This one's a total guess. I mean, I have not had one layup. You had a couple ones. Come on. A layup? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I don't even think I had actually, a layup. I don't know if you've had a layup as you think about this. Paul Maybe you Coleman? Haven't. Candy Maldonado was. Uh, nah, a layup? No, I'll, I'll grant you that. No. Yeah, not. Um, I'm in the business of being fair here. Paul Coleman. Yep. Cardinals. Was... You got it right. Are you serious? I swear to God. That's a total guess. Be. I mean, this is, this Are you is an serious? absolute joke, dude. I swear to God. That is a total guess, is, and only because... I'm, I'm very like, close to cursing here. I got to watch myself, because I think I'm not Coleman. even on the air right now, and I'm getting pissed. One, That's two, three, steal. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten what? We're through ten? We have ten. And I have four more. And yep. I'm at five right now? Yep. All right, so it's so you're up seven, five, and we got four more cards to go here. Yep. I hope you save some layups for the back end here. Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy. Yep. Um God, th- this is ridiculous, this pack that I drew. You're getting Ken Griffey Jr. and I'm getting Dan Murphy. Uh Phillies. No. Okay. What do we got? Padres. For Did you know that one? Did not. Okay. I know you're moving them around in there. I think I'm going to lose. Okay. Maybe you save some of the layups for the end. I'm five for you. I'm, I went seven for 14, right? Correct. Yeah. You are five for 11 with three to go. Yes. Jeff King. Pittsburgh Pirates. Six for 12. Okay. First baseman, right-handed. Here's your layup, wise-ass Jim Abbott. California Angels. 7 for 13. All right, so we have a tie at worst. we do. This is going to really bother me. Dave Dravecki. <sighs> now, I don't know why, but I'm torn between two teams here. Okay. And they're both similar colors. Dave Dravecki. I obviously know he is left-handed pitcher. Yep. Maybe. I'm going to, for some reason, BT, both the Padres and Giants are coming to mind. Uh But I know he was a Giant for sure, so I'm going to guess San Francisco Giants. You won. Yes! (laughs) Oh, man. What a comeback, baby! Uh, We are tied up in two! God, that was a tough pack. That was a good game. That, that was, was a very good, good game. One. And by the way, Rigetti. Yeah. Over you overthought it a little bit with Rigetti. I did. All right, we're back not in the two. And game five is still in my house. Game five is still in my house. Woo, baby. That was fun. And I got a Ken Griffey Jr. tops to, Dude, to when boot. you pulled and it was a complete the, the guess. Coleman was Pole. a total. Coleman. I couldn't even tell you what Dude, it was like. That this was is guess. how much of a guess is. I'm looking at his card, <laughs> and he's holding a metal baseball bat. <laughs> I've never Which heard means of this has yeah. to be his high school or college picture. Who the hell is this guy? 
You said not Vince Carter. You said you saw. That's what I want to keep. I'm going to frame that one. All right, we're not up at two. Heading back. Nice. We're not heading back. Staying, staying put here for Game Five next week. That was a good game, though. That was fun. Nice win. That was a good. That was impressive. All right, there we have it. Game time without Boomer Size, and we'll reset. Get back. Hit you with the crown topic of the day, and get back to your calls as well. BT and Sal on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie! Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salakata back on the fan, hitting you with the crown topic of the day. We started the show a couple hours ago talking about Steve Cohen and the Mets. And while I don't love it, just as a fan, because every year you want to go into the season thinking your team can win it all, and I know the Mets cannot, while I don't love their plan, BT, right now, or love the fact that they're not going all in this year, I understand it. I can accept the fact that even if they wait for Solaire's market or J.D. Martinez's market to come down, I don't think they're getting those guys because they're going to get ultimately more than what the Mets are willing to spend at this point. And I, I understand it with the luxury tax threshold, the Steve Cohen tax, and you know, 110% of every dollar they spend beyond it. It's unfortunate that the Mets had gone all in in years past and failed, but I understand and am accepting of this plan for one season. And I'm very surprised that you're doing it. Uh, I think the Mets fan right now is... First of all, I can't get that baseball card loss out of my head. Ooh, like, it's actually win, it's bothering me. It's I, bothering me. I did what I had like, to there's do. There's some games, even coaching my son and the other kids, like, they're, like the game will, will linger in the car, like, with me, not, yeah, not in front of yeah, my kids. Right. I can't shake this one. That, that, that bothered me. That could be a series switcher It right bothers there. me. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> The um, the direction of the Mets, to me, is just so unclear. And it, I, I see parts of the plan. You know, I, I see you know, remnants of their vision, but then I see it offset by something that doesn't lead into the plan. And what I don't understand is the Mets fan right now, get ready for, you know, two weeks away, Port St. Lucie. I know many of you will go down there, get away from, you know, the cold, get away from work, take a vacation, who are you going to watch besides, you know, Pete and Lindor and, you know, maybe one other guy? Obviously, Diaz being back is great. But it's just amazing that the um, the abrupt nature of, of, of the pivot from Cohen. Now, I do believe, and, you know, again, there's nuance here, so I want to be fair. I do believe eventually Cohen gets back to being that aggressive uh, and that, that, that pursuit of a championship. But right now, there are moves out there that the Mets could make that will elevate them this year and put them... I believe, in the playoff race. Because if they don't do that, which they're not, which I don't understand, they're not going to the playoffs. And Met fan expected more and deserves better. This team's going to be tough to watch. Yeah, it's going to be painful again for another year. But I do believe in the long-term plan. And all those guys that are out there, while they might make the team better in the short time for a short term, short term for a year, I don't believe that those are the best moves to be making long term. Look, I get it. I, I get I want to see the Mets win. And if all things go their way, they might be competing for a playoff spot with an 84-85 win season. But generally, things don't go as planned or or everything goes in their favor. And you look at their rotation, it's thin. Their bullpen, even with adding Deekman today, 
is thin. I mean, it's better than it was a week ago after they get out of Eno and Diekman in there now, but it's still not like this is and and the the biggest issue BT is that there's a letdown from the expectations going into the last two seasons. Last two seasons, it felt like, hey, the Mets could go to the World Series. Certainly last year. And now you're it, it's it's a far drop off from that. But I think Mets fans have to understand because of the way Cohen has operated the majority of time since he's been here, he's got the team's best interest at heart here. He's going to do whatever he can to build them into a winner, and he believes this is the best way forward. How much better would you feel about the vision? And let Stearns handle that stuff that he's doing and you know that he did in Milwaukee and he's bringing here. But how much better would you and every other Mets fan feel, you know, opening weekend or opening day, the first three first three game series, you know, you trot out in succession Snell, Senga, you know, and hopefully for you guys, like a rejuvenated Severino. Well, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. really sure who's going to be mm-hmm. three yet, but, you know, and you look over third base and you got a real vet. You have a real third baseman. That'd be I, nice. I mean, a guy who hits bombs, a guy who can pick it as well as anybody. Matt Chapman's a phenomenal you know, historically good fielder. He's that good. You know, Nettles, Brooks, Mike Schmidt when he was young. He's that good of a third baseman. I don't get it. Instead, you're going and you're going to watch a lot of question marks. Now, that doesn't mean the question marks don't favorably turn. They could. They they, they might. And I'm sure some of them will. But, man, him taking a pass on really almost cementing his team's viability this year is stunning to me. Yeah. Stunning. It, it is disappointing to accept. Again, going like we want to be excited. Pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. Everybody wants to be excited about the season and the expectations, even though the results may not follow, right? They didn't, yeah, 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 sure. They, they didn't a year ago for either team. The results just weren't there. The expectations were. But we didn't be, think that going in. That's what I'm saying. Met fans are thinking that going in. We could have said Subway Series. We were saying Subway Series last year. This could be it. Yankees, Mets, back at, back out of the game. Both teams with the highest of expectations. The results did not follow. This year going in, the Mets have minimal expectations, which is good because maybe they could exceed it. But even if they do, it's still not going to be good enough. My issue is that I'm accepting it with the understanding of the year after is going to be back to being all in again. I will not accept anything less from all in on the top of the market. What if you whiff on Soto? Because that's the all in move. Yeah, but there are other pitchers there as well. Soto's the move. Soto's the power flex. You screw the Yankees. You get a 25-year-old in his prime lefty stud. That is the power flex. What if you whiff? Uh, I guess it depends on the reason, but ultimately, if they don't get him, it's going to be a problem. Now, I haven't even, like, we've thought about it and joked about it, and that would be the the move that I want the Mets to make. Dude, the problem is their core is an issue. Yep. Alonzo is a... Not a problem, but like it's something they need to figure out. Like that's a major question mark that they need to resolve this year, and then in the next off season, then they need pitching. Like the, that's and that's part of why I'm okay with this because I don't really think Blake Snell is going to make a difference, or even Matt Chapman. Now, if you you tell me they sign Montgomery, I think Montgomery could be part of the solution in three four years. So that would make sense where it's not just a, you're looking to patch things up this year. He's yeah. the guy that could help you moving forward as well. I want to read you something real yeah. fast, and then obviously we'll get back yeah. to these calls, of course, 877-337-6666. So to me, this is a good example of how we are paralyzed by 
analytics or general commentary that hijacks, I think, in a lot of times, the reality of what we actually watch. I'm just going to read this from, from an article. Snell won the, this is about Blake Snell. Snell won the NL Cy Young Award with one of the most dominant seasons we've seen in years. He posted a 1.20 ERA over his final 23 starts. Bob Gibson is the only one to have a better mark over 23 starts in a single season. That went down in, in 68. He led all NL starters in ERA, ERA plus, hits per nine innings, and pitchers war. Somehow, he has not sniffed a deal. I know he's not perfect. He doesn't go deep. I, he labors. What mm-hmm. happens when his stuff is diminished? I, I, I understand that. But the reality of what happened last year is that Blake Snell was untouchable and as good as basically anybody based on that 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 um that that right. stat Bob Gibson. So are we overthinking and and paralyzing our minds with analysis that doesn't apply? The guy's a whore. He's a beast. Right. I just don't think he fits the Mets right now. I do think he fits the Yankees a lot better. Yeah. You just he, don't know if he can flourish in New York. That's the question. Well, that that is one of the that. questions I have. Also, he doesn't have to be an ace if you think about it. He doesn't have to I'm be an throw, ace. I'm going to throw this phone out the window. I can't stand this technology. Yeah, I, I get it. God. I don't know. One thing see, rings. I can't stand off. it. The phone rings. Then my laptop rings. And if I don't have my glasses on, I hit the wrong button <laughs> to silence it. I'm going to put my fist through this freaking stuff soon. I can't. Can't stand this technology. Is it I that? I can't or, stand it. Is it that, or is Game Four really, really getting? No, no that bothered me. <laughs> I, 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 that's but, that bothered me. But with the Mets, Snell would have to be the ace. With the Yankees, he won't. And that's where the Yankees have an advantage. And I, I'm not trying to make this about the Yankees. No, I'm I just saying you. I think Snell's a better fit there because he could fit in nicely as a number two behind Garrett Cole and be asked to do a little bit less, where with the Mets, he's going to have to be the horse. Oh, look, nobody's going to argue what type of pitcher he's been. I mean, two-time Cy Young Award winner. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't been signed on yet. Somebody will sign him. It's just of a matter course. of how much it's going to take to get him. And, and look, obviously there are moves the Mets can make to be better. I just don't think any of them are going to make them good enough to get to where they ultimately want to be and where fans want them to be, and that is a legitimate World Series contender. All right, BT and Sal on the fan. Our friends at Town Fair Tire remind you that at Town Fair Tire, you always get the guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Joe is in Clark, New Jersey. Joe? Yeah, what's up, guys? I've been on hold here. Just every minute I get more miserable. More, I, I, I can't take it, man. I can't take it. Go, give me a minute to thank guys. You know me. You know, I I, I know I'm always miserable, Sal. But I root for the Jets and the Mets. I go from the, from yesterday, the Jets story, to this. It's just, it's, just, it's just a disgrace. I got to see Steve Cohen out there yesterday. Him and some other owners giving $3 billion for the Live Tour. Then I got to hear that we have $4 million left to spend. That is such a bad look, man. Let me, who's the PR people that work for the Mets, what a disgrace! I mean, that, the, the Mets fans don't want to see that. That he's giving three billion dollars to the to the to the lift tour, and I can't get a DH. Guys, I've wanted a DH for five years. Ever since well, John Rom could be a DH. Oh, he hits it pretty far. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at our DH is JD Davis, the Dom Smith, the oh, well, we've never had right, a Robinson DH. Cano. No, I I get it, but Joe, let me ask you. So who who, who who's the DH you want? I want Solaire. He's still me, young. He's me too. Me too. Me too. How is much? Is that going to ruin? Is that going to ruin Cohen? Can he sell a red? Yeah, but how much better? How much better are they going to be? He spent eight hundred million on a. He spent eight hundred million on a statue. He can't spend five million on a damn hitter. I mean, it's like a Dollar Tree. I call him Dollar Tree Dave. David Sure, I just think Dollar Tree Dave. All he does is sign guys I never heard of the minor league contract. That's all we got. Mm. I mean, give me a break. He's a small time guy. He doesn't know how to deal with the big city. I mean, I can't take this, Sal. I'm sorry. Well, I'm he's not from here, so but he, but he is from here. Why is next year? 
Why is next year going to be so great, Sal? Next year, all we're going to I didn't say next year is going to be so great. I, I, I don't know. And thank you for the call, Joe. And we appreciate you hanging passion, out. We appreciate Joe. the passion, as always. I think there is overly negative um, vibes when it comes to Joe. And, and I understand why I get it, Jeff Van, Matt Van. You have to just think about this differently for a second. Now, I can't guarantee that next year is going to be any better. They better go out there and spend big. My my issue is, okay, I want Solaire too. But ultimately, is he in isolation going to make that much of a difference on this team? Make it better well, to watch, more fun to watch. Yeah, can I? It's funny. Well, first, let me answer you directly. Um, I think he'd make enough of a difference where I guess I'll say yes. But I, I'm, I'm not all in on the yes. I get it. So I said this when Sal was out yesterday. Whether it's Martinez, even Turner before he signed. Mm-hmm. All right. You look at the the player that you're importing. His OPS is this. You know, his runners in scoring position hits that. All, all the pertinent stats. His war is this, right? Mm-hmm. Where would he hit in the lineup? That's that's the main value, of course. But, like, can you imagine Justin Turner or J.D. Martinez? And I guess Soler as well. But they're older, so that's why I, I point to them. Being on the backfields first couple of weeks down in, in Port St. Lucie, talking shop or sitting around the, uh, on a stool in the dugout in their flip-flops, right? Him talking to Beatty, him talking to Mauricio when he's cut, mm-hmm. when he's back and healthy, them at the batting cage, them watching film together. Like it's one thing to have a, a coach do it; it's another thing to have a peer, like a, a, a current player, one who's older. And I don't know. I, I think there's the stuff that you can quantify, like the OPS and the baseball metrics. But the value for this Mets team, who does have a lot of young players, I, I think having somebody like JD or Turner, it's too late for that would have been immeasurable because it would accelerate the growth and the you know the the acumen and and the just the overall database of young hitters. I think that people forget that. How about then if it's not just about on the field and I think Solaire's the best option out there but I really don't even him like how much better is he going to make them? Make it more fun, more exciting, sure, better bat, legit bat, but they're really not going to be that much better. They're not that good to begin with. What about Joey Votto? A guy who you could have one year, probably cheap. I think Jimmy. I'm okay with that. And and the reason being, now I don't like Joey Votto, the player. To be honest with you, I never have. Yeah, he's an interesting player. Well, he's going to walk all the time. I want a guy who actually wants to swing the bat and and do damage. It's like Vogelback all over. Yeah, right. Exactly. Better, but you know what I mean. Yes. So production wise, he's not going to give you what Soler could give, but you get him. Maybe I think Duquette floated this out there on either baseball or Matatsov. Let's say under that, eight million, whatever. Oh, it is. One year, eight, sure. eight, ten mil, whatever. And you're getting a guy with unquestioned leadership, veteran presence. Yep. Maybe he could do more good to the what I think is a rotten core of this team. I like it. Maybe he could do more to to help him out. I like it. Not sexy. Not, not terrible. Not terrible. Not terrible at all. I'd take him on the Yankees as well. Because most of the Yankees bench players are young. I would take him. He could be an asset in a different way. I know you want the power to back up Pete. I'm just thinking, you know, uh-huh. I, I, dude, the problem is that they're in. The, the reality is, and Met fans don't want to acknowledge this, the reality is they're not any good and they're far from being good. And they identified this last year at the deadline when they said, it's not just about this year, we have major issues yep. here. And I'm sure back then it was Epler and Cohen having the conversation. And then Stearns comes in. It's a whole new vision, different guy. Now he's going to assess what they have. But I would be willing to bet that they had that conversation and said, we're not close to where we need to be. This is how we need to get there. 
trade these guys, sunk cost, let's get back some prospects. The more prospects we bring in, the better chance we have of hitting. If you bring in five, maybe you hit on two of them. Stockpile the younger assets. You could field a team that could be somewhat competitive, mm-hmm. but this is the only way out because right now they're just not good enough. Like, give me the moves that are possible that can make this team a, a team that could compete with the Braves on any level, or even forget about the Braves legitimately for a World There's Series. There's none, and and this came up in the first hour. There are right. none, but not 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 for one through one sixty two, but. There is a move or two that, in the course of a short series, even though the Braves would be right. monstrous favorites, I'm going to. Uh, so I would push back a little bit, though. I certainly see your I point. So the first car that I ever had, oh, what a piece of junk! <laughs> eighty-five Chevy Cavalier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And nineteen eighty-five Chevy Cavalier was white, and I had to pimp it up a little bit because it just <laughs> didn't have the style factor, right? See, I, uh, think I like this analogy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it's still a Cavalier, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I paid, you know, I forget exactly how much, but I had this, uh, I think it was Blaupunkt, um, one of those, like, five-disc uh, CD changers right. that, that was, like, in the trunk where you put the disc, but you had the remote. Yeah. It was pretty It was pretty, pretty advanced for the yeah. mid-'90s, right, at that point. And I had, like, these white, oh, God, it looked like Cheech and Chong, now that I think about it. These, like, white plastic things that I snapped on the windshield wipers. And I don't know. I had all these other tricks. Right. I wasted money is what right. I'm saying to make it look good. Don't you think I would have been better served just saving that money, maybe working harder or getting some other money and getting a better car? So maybe the analogy is don't just throw on, you know, a stupid speaker that's still not going to change the price of the car with the blue book because it's, it's a wreck or anything aesthetically. Save your money. For next year, well, that's, and get a better car. That's kind of what you're saying, correct? Yeah, I love that analogy like because that. I do think it applies here, where they could throw some money <clears throat> at their problem for this year and field a better team with Snell or Chapman or Bellinger. Yeah, but ultimately, those moves, while they would make them incrementally better this year, maybe significantly better this year. Long term, it's not the. It's still a Cavalier. Would you like to know the final fate of that '85 Chevy Cavalier? Uh, of course, uh, I ignored my dad's, um, you know, first uh, request and then ultimately demands. You know, you got to change the oil. You got to do oh, it. Just boy, ignored everything, yeah. and it conked out going to a baseball game over the George Washington Bridge, a uh, Tappan Zee Bridge. Pardon me, Tappan Zee. And the only reason I got over is because it, it pretty much conked out right at the apex of the bridge, so I was able to put it in neutral and oh, funnel down basically God. to the resident. Long story short, I have a buddy had to come pick me up. Car never stole the car again, <laughs> and let's just hope over a hundred thousand miles. Oh yeah, it was, oh, it was a train wreck. Let's just hope that the Mets season doesn't peter out over the bridge in July. It, even if it does for a season, I still think because they didn't try to quick fix it. Yeah. It has a chance to have sustained success. All right, BT and Sal on the fan. We'll come back, have more of your calls. Also have Andrew Dice Clay tickets to give away as well. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata back on the fan. Did you see the Nets last night? I mean, how pathetic. I actually feel sorry for the Brooklyn Nets fans because they've got the biggest um, B word in back. I don't even know if I can say it or not, but I'll be, yeah. I'll be nice. It's my first day back in Ben Simmons. And they, you know, they got to watch him as he's out again. And then they give the Durant 
a video tribute, which is embarrassing oh boy. in itself. All right, call right now. Be caller number 13 at 866-540-WFAN. It's 866-540-9326 for your chance to win a pair of tickets. The Andrew Dice Clay at Carnegie Hall on February 15th. Plus, you qualify for the grand prize, a ticket upgrade to Dice Clay and a $100 gift card for Valentine's Day. The hundo. Oh, from our friends at Live Nation. To purchase tickets, visit LiveNation.com. Listen again tomorrow at the same time for another chance to win. You know, I heard BT, the Dice Man, was a fan of the show. What do you mean? He's a fan of a show. Our a show. Barber show? Yeah, I heard that. He liked the energy. Dice Man wanted to maybe come back next week. You know, it's funny. He did, um, we could put it out there, right? We can say this. I guess. I'm going to say it. I'm not even asking. I'm just going to say it. So we do the show. I mean, I think you've offended him uh, potentially worse. Wow. <laughs> no. No, but the, uh, the baseball. Yeah. They, they seem uh, to be uh, over it. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. They actually reached out to Hoff, and he's like, hey, he's like, I like those guys. Good energy. Really? Actually, I think he said great energy. Yeah. And he wants to come back. He invited himself to come back. Yeah, maybe, because you just, he, maybe because you just took over the show for 45 minutes. <laughs> I ain't going there with those guys and talk. I was you like, yeah. His real motivation is he's going to just come back and just hit me with it all the time. He's going to crush me on the air. He's like, oh, I see what that little punk ass did. Oh, he got me with the face drop joke. Watch. Yeah, I love man. him. Let me come back. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Ends my career. <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Awesome. BT and Sal are the fan. We'll get back to your calls in a second, though. But isn't that pathetic with the Nets? Like, think about it. A tribute well, to the guy who, come on, dude, yeah. KD embarrassed you. Yeah, but you know what? To me, you know, Kevin Durant plays hard, and Kevin Durant's amazing, and I've got less of an issue with KD. The Simmons stuff, and I know they're two totally different yep. things. I mean, Ben Simmons, the, I know, again, you're out for a few days, but he comes back, he has a triple-double, mm-hmm. right? And now, of course, he's out. I know. But he says when he was checking, and you know, you told his teammates, you know yeah. what time it is. Oh, That's yeah. the quote. You know what time it is. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm back. What time you it is. You loser. Yeah. Oh, come on. Just have a little self, excuse me, self-awareness. And so, don't, don't you think the teammates should be like, yo, you know what time it is. Ben's ass is on the bench again. Yeah, there must be that time. You played, you hurt again. That's come what on. time it is. Oh, I, I've got, Durant is interesting where because he's so amazing and he's an all-time, you know, I, listen, I can, I don't know. I don't know that everybody would agree with this, but if I say to you at his absolute, you know, the apex of his prime, take one score and you need a bucket from any level against any defender, I honestly might take Kevin Durant. Right, but he was still a bad net. It's the, to me, well, not even equivalent because he's such a better player than Carmelo, but we don't like Carmelo for a reason. He was not a good Nick. Correct. He didn't give effort. He thinks he's better than he is. Durant, when he was here, like one would argue, and maybe not even, Against, he's the he he is the architect of the most embarrassing days of a Brooklyn Nets fan. Yeah, but how much could he control, and what couldn't he control? Like he was always, I believe, it was the hamstring, right? Remember, I mean, if that if he, he's he's six inches away, not even six inches, he's like less than that, half of that from you know that three pointer instead of being a two, it's a three. Like at least Kevin Durant had some moments, like the Kyrie stuff. Well, he brought went Kyrie all over here, the, though. I know, I know. Well. Not really. But they ran it's kind the, of the other way around. They ran well, whatever. He, Kevin he, followed Kyrie, but he wanted to team up with Kyrie. He, absolutely, the they did. They Kevin wanted to come to the Knicks. Kyrie did not, and Kyrie basically is the short version. Kyrie basically said, convinced him, let's go play for the Nets. That's the short version. If this happened, no problem with, the, with Kevin Durant. If this happened with the Knicks, you'd want them to give KD a tri- uh, video tribute. Well, I'm not saying that I wanted the Nets to do it. Like, if they didn't do it, I'd have no issue with it. It's not enough of an issue. It doesn't bother me. Like, he, his stint wasn't successful, but it wasn't egregious or or he didn't ruin it himself. Like, again, yeah. he got hurt. 
It was a it was an oddly constructed team. The Kyrie stuff that was a, that was a tough dynamic. The coaching stuff it, it didn't work out. But the guy was the guy's yeah. amazing. And if he was such a great player like he thinks he is, yeah. then maybe he would have won one with OKC. But or you don't think he's a great player? Honestly, I, I do. But I, I'd respect him a lot more if he actually took a team by himself to a champ, not just by himself, but as the lead dog. Well, not yes. joining on yes. a seventy-win team. Well, I mean, especially joining the team that beat you the previous year. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that is even worse. The, the, no, so imagine yeah. David Ortiz joining the Yankees before the Yankees I mean, collapsed up three zip. I can't beat yeah, him. Yeah, then, I'm going to come play for you. I'd then, be like, come on, we take you, but and, and then you're big poppy, right, but taking, you know what I mean. Taking bows for the ring, or, or like Patrick going to join on the Rockets yeah. after the '94 Finals. Like, give me a break. Yeah. All right, BT and Sal on the fan back. Your calls on the Mets. Frank is in White Plains. What's up, Frank? Oh, guys, thank you very much for taking my call. Hey, Sal, I, I'm a huge fan of yours, guys. I watch you on SNY and everywhere, but please, please, Sal, stop calling Steve Cohn, King, and, and, and I did. Uh, Uncle and all the garbage. You know something, Steve? You feel sorry for Brooklyn Nets, right? You should be feel sorry for myself and yourself that we are, uh, I almost cursed. <laughs> that I, we, we are the Mets fans. You know something? You don't have a DH. You don't have a pitcher, starting pitcher, to take the lead. You don't have a third base. They could listen. We go into the season and what? And we're gonna say, oh, two twenty-five. We're gonna be fine because this year is washed. How the summer is gonna go without watching the baseball, man? No, you can watch the Yankees. I mean, watch the Yankees, Frank, and thank you for the call. We appreciate your passion. Make sure you have Apple and all the other streaming services to always watch the Yankees. I mean, you watch the Mets because you're a fan of the team, and you're going to root for them to exceed expectations. How did it go last year when the expectations were World Series or bust? It, it, it was a total flop, so they could do the same thing again this year, and it'll actually be better than it was last year because of the expectations. You, you watch because that's your team. Oh, of course. Can I tap into something that's come up a few times on the show? There's like the psychology of a fandom, uh, of fandom and of a fan. And one of the things that, that is unique about me is that because I'm a Yankee fan, yeah, I think in the eyes of some, and it's come up, you know, offsets the Jet stuff, whereas the whole unkillable stuff, maybe I'm – I'm, I'm delusionally optimistic or hopeful because the Yankees side usurps the, if I was a Mets fan, it would just be all doom and gloom like Beningo and sometimes Evan, you know, more Joe. You, I think you guys know what I mean. So I would submit that if I was a Mets fan instead of a Yankees fan while still being a Jets fan, I think that I would absolutely detest the Mets. Like the, I would, the Mets would bother, if I was a fan, the Mets would bother me more than the Jets. And that's, odd, that's an odd thing to say. The problem when your baseball team is not good is that you can't escape it. It is a laborious, nightly existence. Right. Now, if you choose to I watch know, I've it. I've lived it a lot. Yeah, I know. And you watch it. You don't tap out. I respect it. Some people do, and they're yeah. not, you know, not, not all in. Okay, that's fine. I'm not here to judge the degree of fandom. But being a Mets fan, it's... I think it's more painful than the Jets. And the Jets are more the butt of a joke nationally. And, uh, the Jets, uh, the butt fumble, uh, this, uh, Rich Coat tied up, Laird Thomas, uh, the fake spike. 
I think it's harder being a Mets fan because mm. it's I mean, longer. Yeah, I don't know, but the Mets have also won a World Series in in recent history, maybe but, 30, 40 years ago now. But it's yeah, still, yeah. But here's the it I took hear place you. in the eighties as opposed to the sixties. That's true. That's definitely true. There's a lot of fans who didn't. You know, Evan doesn't remember watching the eighty six yeah, Mets. So I, I mean, for him, that doesn't apply. Well, and you barely been, remember watching the eighty six Mets because you were born in nineteen seventy nine. But I've also seen them in two World Series. We've seen win. And we've seen well, the Jets in multiple AFC Championship not a, games. Not a Super Bowl. No, that, that that's true. The the one thing though, plus the owner right now with the Mets, I'd take him over anybody. And by the way, I did. I haven't called him King Cohen in the while. No, so you haven't. You've yeah. taken. That, that, I that said is, on the air after they missed out on Yamamoto, I could no longer. You call took him it back, yeah. and hopefully you get back to All it. Right. But you know, we, we hit a little pause on that. The thing about when the Jets are horrendous is that, and you tell me if I'm wrong, when the Mets are bad, you probably extract no enjoyment from baseball. You don't bet baseball with the same vigor. Yeah, you watch the Yankees for your job, but you don't take pleasure when, you know, a judge hits a three-run bomb walk-off or whatever. You're doing it to, to do your job. Mm-hmm. You don't really enjoy watching the Dodgers. Like, watching other baseball teams play well is not the same as watching other football teams play well. So when the Jets stink, which is almost all the time, you know, you could still parachute into fantasy football. Not that you can't do fantasy baseball, but it's not the same energy. Fantasy football. I get it. Bet more games. Watch the Chiefs. Watch the Niners. You know, watch the Bills. Watch Burrow when he's healthy. Watch, it's just, I don't know. When the Mets are bad, it's like you're trapped. It's 162 games of death sentence. So the Right. Football's easier to watch nationally or other teams, out-of-town teams, as opposed to baseball. The one thing I will say that is frustrating about this Mets team in particular is the expectations were raised when the owner took over. And you lived like that for a few years. Mm. And now it's back to... Got a little taste. Yeah, exactly. Prior to that, you didn't know. But when you get a little taste, you want more. Yeah, I know this is for the greater good, but I also understand completely why Mets fans are upset. On the other side, we'll talk to Nick Costos. He feels strongly about the Dan Campbell stuff. I can't wait to get into that with Costos. Uh, reacting to the decisions that Campbell made on Championship Sunday. We'll look ahead. We'll look back. We'll have a lot of fun with Costos on the other side. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Brandon Tierney, Salicata, back on the fan on the line right now is the host of You Better, You Bet, and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Nick Costos. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better, You Bet podcast for more of Nick Costos' analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. Nick, it's almost depressing in a way that we've got one football game left for the year. Is there a little bit of a letdown from you after champion? Like me personally, there is after championship Sunday. You feel a letdown knowing that we got one more game left and it's not even this weekend? Yeah, I would say, and always great to be on with you guys. It's like the yin and yang, and I'll answer the question like selfishly because I'm the one that's answering the question. I'll answer it personally. Uh, football's my favorite sport. It's been my favorite thing since I was a little kid. I absolutely love it. I like it more than all the other sports combined. Also, it's by far my busiest time of year. I basically work like, it's not a complaint like I love my job. I work like six and a half days a week during football season. So, you know, once the Super Bowl's over, my, my life gets a lot easier. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I would say once we're through the 
NCAA tournament in March and April rolls around, I'm probably going to be yearning for like a crappy Thursday night football game to bet on and play fantasy football and DFS for. So the itch will probably start for me in April. But uh, yeah, I, I can't say I'm terribly happy to see it go because I get some of my personal life back. You see, I'm ready for it to go. And that doesn't mean I can't wait for the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean I don't love football. You know, I've been, I'm sure you guys have been asked this question as well. Just, you know, whether it's somebody writing an article or an interview, whatever, about your career. Hey, what's your favorite sport to talk about and, and to cover? And one of the things, and my stock answer, and I mean this for about the last 10 years or so, has been whatever season it is. It's almost like this mm. internal quarterback clock where as I get to the end of football season, I'm truly ready for it to end. I want more. I want the Big East tournament. I want March Madness. I want spring training. I want the Masters in April down at Augusta. Like, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm ready seamlessly. Let's go. Let's play the Super Bowl. Football's over till the draft. That's yeah, it. And- and, uh, and tough to disagree with that, BT. And just like from my perspective, like talking about sports betting every day, hours a day, right? February is kind of a, I actually think, a pretty underrated like sports month. And everyone's obviously coming off the Super Bowl and nothing crazy is happening. There's no playoffs going on. The NCAA tournament's still a month away. But you've got a million NBA games once you get through the All-Star break. A million NHL games. College basketball starts to become like m- more into focus, obviously, as we head towards conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament. In March, you get the NCAA tournament. In April, you get the NFL draft and the start of the NHL and the NBA playoffs and baseball starts. So, yeah, like, I I, I agree with you. There's a lot of exciting things coming up in sports. But, like, I would be lying, just me personally. September to February for me is the absolute best. I I really like everything else, not the way I love the National Football League and covering the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. We're talking with Nick Costos, of course, host of You Better, You Bet, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Same thing for me. I love the baseball season. I love the different sports throughout the year but once september starts you got football you got baseball playoffs that's as good as it gets and for me now in february like this is it after championship sunday you got two weeks of inactivity before one glorified exhibition game that means the world and then after that nothing for a while so uh it is a little bit uh, a little bit sad at the very least all right before we look ahead and talk about some of the coaching changes nick let's just recap what happened on championship uh, championship sunday i didn't have a big problem with Dan Campbell uh, going for it the second time. I did have a problem not kicking the field goal or trying to kick the field goal to go up 17. I know you have some strong thoughts about the way Dan Campbell coached that game on Sunday. Yeah, I, I thought he absolutely did the right thing. Um, in fact, I think he didn't take it far enough. Uh, I would have gone for the touchdown at the end of the first half when he kicked the field goal to go up 17. Um, and, and that one's like a little debatable, I think. And look, like he was not without his faults in the game. Like the, the run on third and goal at the end and having to burn the timeout was inexcusable. Like that's, that's just- stupid like honestly like that's like a joe judge would have done that like freddie kid like rich kotite would have done that like that is as bad as it gets it's a it's a zero out of ten but like it's it's just it's like the the take the points crowd out there that's like oh we'll just take because it's what bill parcells would have done well tom landry would have sent out the field goal unit like guys it's 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 2024 now like it's it's okay to evolve and this idea that oh you just take the points I, i i said this on my show this week it's like there's an app on your phone, the Take the Points app. And when you're a head coach and it's fourth and two at the 31, you actually, that, guys, I don't know if you know this, you actually don't have to send the field goal unit out. There's no snap, there's no kick, it doesn't have to get blocked, it doesn't have to miss. You click the button on the Take the Points app and you just get three points. You get the points, you just get them. You don't actually have to kick, you get the points. Or, and hear me out, the kicker could miss. And the Lions kicker, Michael Badgley, the money badger, as he calls himself, he's terrible. The Lions know he's terrible. And we can 
can have a conversation. Why is he on the team? Why is Brett Maher kicking for the Rams? Why is the lesser Carlson brother, Andrews Carlson, kicking for the Packers? Maybe it's a place-kicking uh, place issue. That I don't know. But what I do know is this. If you're really, for all the fools out there that are like, oh my God, oh my God, how could, how could, what am I going to say to my little son that Dan Campbell went for it on fourth down? Really? You want Michael frickin' Badgley deciding whether or not you go to the Super Bowl. And by the way, on that first fourth down play, the fourth and two, Josh Reynolds has the ball in his hands and he drops it. I bet you if they convert, no one's saying, no one's saying boo about anything. Yeah. I'm so. with you, by the way. That's the first thing that I said the next day after the game. They had an interception. They dropped it. They had a chance to down San Francisco at the one on a touchback. They got sloppy with their footwork. Boom. It's, it's a touchback instead of at the one. I, I wonder, though, <clears throat> Nick, if the... The pushback, because it was it was loud, was almost amplified because it's the Lions, uh, synonymous with a losing franchise. Like that's one of the most gut wrenching losses, certainly of our lifetime. Do you think that the fact that it was Detroit, who's been uh, quiet since 1957, had anything to do with it? Um, I w- I would say no, only because and I'll and I'll and look like both are. Both are bet- like games that I've lost money on. Uh, the NFC Championship game 10 years ago with the Packers and the Seahawks. Green Bay, a seven-point dog in that game. I think we talked about this game when I was in studio with you guys a couple weeks ago. That's the Brandon Bostic game when yep. Green Bay absolutely like urinated down its leg and lost that game to Seattle. Like, I... You know, the Packers got criticized that entire offseason. So, like, maybe because it's Detroit a little bit. I'll say this, like, the whole, like, Lions or Losers narratives. Like, really? You think that team, that's a loser team? The offensive coordinator's coming back. Like, they're in a division that they will be, the like, the favorite in next year. With Green Bay on the come, obviously. But Detroit's better than Green Bay. Uh, I, I think Detroit could easily be back there next season. And, you know, we talked about this, guys, um, like a month ago, right? Or, or around then. Would you fire... Brian Dable to hire Bill Belichick? And my answer was no, and I laid out a bunch of reasons why. Um, if you asked me, would you fire Brian Dable right now and I get Dan Campbell, I'm like knocking over women and children to like push the button to say yes to get Dan Campbell in. I think, I think he might be the best coach in the league. I absolutely love it. I love the aggression on fourth down. That's what you should want. People should want that. Not like to be sexually aroused by sending like the field goal. You like grow up. Uh, don't you think though, Nick, and I would have hit to take the points button, and it does get me aroused thinking about it, taking, yeah. the, taking the points. We're talking about Nick Costos. You just get them, by the way. Yeah, you don't well, have to kick. You just I, get the points. I understand that, but don't you think that certain game situations... Like, I admit that I'm mostly conservative. However, I have evolved and understand the aggression in certain spots. Don't you... And I'll give you an example. I don't know if we talked about this. I forget, but in the Buffalo game where they relied on Bass to tie the game. I thought that was actually idiotic by McDermott because you're thinking about who's on the other bench. Like, if you go for it, and I know it was fourth and eight. But I, think you, I think you got that one. I, I do think you have to kick that. Right. Like, I think you, but, like, to your point, even if Bass makes that kick, Mahomes has a yeah. minute 40 and two timeouts. That, that's exactly lose. right. So, you're, yeah. so I'm thinking, I can't beat this team. I have an opportunity to go for the throw. I know it's fourth and eight, but am I going down with Josh Allen and my offense or taking the chance that the best-case scenario, this Nimrod kicker actually makes this kick and I still give it over to Patrick Mahomes with a minute and 40. So that's, I know that's extreme, but I'm just showing you that I'm open to the thought process of going for it. I thought McDermott made a mistake. However, with Campbell, you're up two scores. I get that going for fourth and two, you're trying to put the foot on the throat further. However, if you take the safer of the two options potentially, and I know that things could go wrong, but let's say you do make the field goal, which you know has a decent percentage as well. You're going up three scores. Like, the situation there, not just the 
fourth and two and the the aggressive nature, you're up already two touchdowns. If you tack on those three, you're up three scores. That's a huge difference. Yeah, the way way I look at it is Detroit, and I will bring a betting market into the conversation here, and people can scoff at this. And and another way to think of it would be ask yourself this question: Which team's better, the Niners or the Lions? Like. Obviously, San Francisco's better. So Detroit is a seven-and-a-half-point underdog in the game, and they're on the road. I think in situations like that, when you are a big underdog, you're on the road, I think like you have to go for the jugular. I, I had no issue with it. And, and the thing with going for it, so let's say Reynolds catches that pass, right? Now, like, one, and he should have, by the way, because the ball's in his hands. Like, one of three things happen. Either the Lions, like, but, or one definitely does. A, you, you take more time off the clock. B, maybe you score a touchdown, and, like, the game's probably over at that point and see if you have to kick a field goal now you're closer and you feel better about it so like I I get it the whole idea to send him out like make it a three score game I will always kind of err on the side of aggression and like it that offense has been nails all season it's not fourth and 11 like it was a fourth and two like they should have had the first down the receiver had the ball in his hands mm-hmm. like to me this is a moot it's a moot point I kind of think that we all collectively need to like get past well like what would Chuck Knoll have done <laughs> It's a while ago. Talking to Nick Costas, BT and Sound on the fan. So, obviously, a lot of the energy with Campbell's decisions. Uh, how surprised are you? And I don't mean, you know, since the season ended, but now that the coaching cycle is over, that McCarthy has a job, Sirianni has a job, and Vrabel does not. Yeah, so I, I, I'm surprised a little bit. But I think the reason makes a, like, a, if you think about, like, why he doesn't have a job, it starts to make sense. Um, and the reason is, is that he doesn't play nice in the sandbox. Um, like, Brian Callahan, who is named the coach of the Titans, right? But Bill Callahan's son, the former Raiders coach. Um, when he had his introductory press conference, uh, Titans GM Ran Carthon, by the way, son of Maurice Carthon, hmm. former Giants great. Oh, wow. Who, uh, who dropped the pass in the 1990 touchdown pass in the 1990 yeah, sure. NFC Championship game in San Francisco. I thought my dad and grandfather were both going to have Wait, was that the game? That was the game. Uh, no, that wasn't the game Roger Craig, Craig fumbled. That was is it? the game. It Roger is the game. Craig okay, fumbled. gotcha. Keep going. That is the game that gotcha. Roger Craig fumbled. So Ran Carthon says in the post game press conference, or uh, not the post game, the introduction introductory press conference and I I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right but something to the extent of there's a big difference like hunting next to someone and hunting with someone the point being that Mike Vrabel did his own thing and like alienated basically everyone in the organization and now there's going to be like a lot of collaboration with with Brian I'm not saying Brian Callahan's going to succeed just saying like I think that quote and everything you read and where there's smoke there's fire is that Mike Vrabel turns a lot of people off with his abrasive personality and he's a control freak now I think he's a badass coach like next next cycle like he can like probably tell owners you know I've learned from my mistakes I think he'll probably get a another job at some point, but I think like that's the answer to the question. Like, Why didn't Mike Vrabel get a job this yeah, time? I, I don't know. If it was a Brian, Brian, I think this this Callahan guy's got a better chance uh, getting the auto parts, uh, the brake pads <laughs> yeah. back than uh, being a better coach than Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel's uh, he, fantastic. He, he, I think Vrabel's a great... Fantastic. Guy. So I'll say this about Vrabel. Let's see what Ryan Day does this year at Ohio State. I know it's not like a college football thing. Vrabel, I, I think Mike Vrabel might be the next head coach of Ohio State when it's all said and done. Well, what interesting. A, what about Dan Quinn? 
Quinn, Nick. He is the new head coach of the Commanders. I think it's a good thing for the New York Giants and anybody else in the NFC East. Uh, you know where I stand on Quinn. What do you think is him uh, as a head coach the second go around? Yeah, I think it's you know let's see who his offensive coordinator is. I I think like if you're this is not obviously like a Commanders or Redskins whatever. It's not like a Commanders audience here. I think it's really uninspired. I think it's a really tough sell. You go from like an older retread defensive coach to another older retread defensive coach. Doesn't mean he can't succeed. I mean, Rivera went to a Super Bowl with Carolina and then did nothing in Washington. Uh, you know, Quinn went to a Super Bowl with Atlanta. Like, let, let's see how he does. It feels to me like they had all their eggs in the Ben Johnson basket, the offensive coordinator for Detroit. And like, something's going to come out. That story does not add up. Makes no sense where everyone I talk to, people that are usually right, everyone was saying, like, it was a, an open secret for weeks that Ben Johnson was going to be the head coach of the Commanders, and then he's not. So it feels to me pretty clearly like Dan Quinn was the oblique like, we just lost our our plan A, now he's the plan B. Doesn't mean he can't succeed, but I mean, yeah, if you're a Giants fan, I think you've got to feel pretty good about that hire for well, Washington. Real quick, what do you think it was? Money with Ben Johnson? Um, You know, I I guess, like, money is usually the answer to that question. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, kind of. Made, made, they made it like he's a hero now. Oh, I'm staying in Detroit, I got unfinished business. Bullcrap. If you were yeah. offered enough money or the, to be a head coach. I mean, you're taking it. So uh, something was all awesome. thing. Yeah. yeah. And they have the second pick in the draft. So he'll get like a quarterback, like to build around. Yeah. Um, and remember like last year, he could have gotten a job also. So it's two years now that he's kind of kicked the can down the road. I, I kind of, something's up and I don't know what it is. Next and, but coach of the Jets. It's possible. Next it's coach possible. of the Jets. Ben Johnson. Let's go. That's well, probably- let's see. Well, we've got to see what your GM wants to do. Aaron Rodgers. Does Rodgers. <laughs> That's <want> true. <laughs> uh, we will confer with uh, with the boss, and we'll get back to you on that. Thank you, Nick. We'll look you forward to it. talking to you next week. Good job, buddy. Minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. I'll talk to you next week from Vegas, guys. <laughs> All yeah, right, dude, looking forward go. to it. There you have it. The host of You Better, You Bet, and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Nick Costos. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Brandon Tierney's Alicata back on the fan. Two quick things for you, BT. Number one, you can't yes. tell me that Belichick was under consideration and you hired Dan Quinn. Correct. I mean, that is just, I mean, are you stupid? How could you possibly hire Dan Quinn over Bill Belichick? Oh, my goodness. Good luck, Washington. Okay. More importantly, did you read the latest Andy Martino column for SNY.TV? No. Okay. I usually don't unless you bring something on the I'll, air. I'll give you the cliff notes. What do we it. got? Um, they had an offer to Wandy Peralta. Okay. Two years in a club option, which would have guaranteed uh, in the 8 to $10 million range. He got four years with opt-outs after each year after the first one. $16.5 million total from San Diego. Okay. Mets then pivoted to Jake Diekman here, which they believe is okay. similar value. I think it's going to be similar value. Mm-hmm. Uh, more importantly, uh, this is basically it for the Mets offseason. Oof. Unless Martinez, J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, or Brandon Belt for some reason drop their contract demand significantly, the Mets are going to pass. Okay, so most likely they're not going to drop their demand. So no DH is what I'm hearing. Correct. Now, here's the the potential exciting part. Um, Andy reiterates, Stearns told SNY, the Mets believe they will contend for a playoff spot this year. Bullish on their defense, optimistic about the upside of their offense and pitching staff, uh, making a gesture with my hand right now, and realistic uh, about how far behind the Braves and Phillies they remain. Okay, we all know all that. They are also holding 10 to 15 million in reserve 
for the trade deadline in the event that they do, in fact, earn themselves a spot in the playoff race. I mean, that's the biggest thing right there for the Mets. Basically, to sum it up, this is it. Mm -hmm. They believe they have a team that will contend. In the event that they do, they will look to add roughly 10 to 15 million at the trade deadline. You know where I feel as if I should read that article? I don't know. The Tampa Tribune or the Oakland Times. That's what you're getting? I'm just telling you, that's it. And fans I mean, don't want to believe I, it. Andy's been on top of it no, from no, the beginning. No, I believe the reporting, yeah. but no, I, no, I'm, no, not, just... I'm not going there. What I'm saying is, so let me just unpack very quickly what we just heard there. All right, so they made a move for Peralta. It didn't work out, whatever. The opt-out's more appealing, a little more guaranteed San Diego, whatever. They took a swing. The guy they got, Dykeman, uh, Dick Dykeman, yeah. is, you know, hopefully he's all right, whatever. Uh, 37-year-old lefty, we'll, we'll see. Now, there's no DH coming unless somebody's one of those three players significantly drops happening. demands. It's not happening. No, and I don't even think Brandon Belt is the move at this point. I, he's very low. Of the three, he's very Although he can't play first base defensively, so he can rest Pete. Whatever. That's not going to happen either. But, like, the fact that, and obviously Andy's getting this from somebody from the Mets to be piped in with some information, to put that out there from a Mets point of view, like, well, you know, but hey, listen, we got $10, $15 million tucked away just in case we got to make a move at the deadline. You kidding me? Really? Ugh. It's gross. It's gross. Gross. I mean, at least it, it gives you hope if you're a Mets fan that in the event they do exceed all expectations, look, they're bullish on their defense, and they believe, and I do believe the defense is upgraded with beta. Like, they've made some solid moves. I think they're going to be better than people think, specifically you, you're saying they're going to win 75s or whatever. I think they'll be around a 500 team. Okay. Now, the hope, like, like this is this is the reality. The best case scenario for the Mets and their fans this year is they hover around 500, then they make a move at the deadline that might be able to push them a little above 500. Mm-hmm. And that happened with Cespedes years ago, and so it's not like it's yeah. without precedent here back in 2015. I get it. Moves but, can be made. But, but no, but... But if I told Eesh. you if I told you in 2015, like I remember in real time screaming and begging and pleading, go get a bat because I thought the rest of the team, specifically the rotation, yep. was there. Yeah. Like that's not going to happen this year where they're going to be one piece away. Even if they get that one piece, whatever it may be, a DH, a starter, like, no, I know. What's it going to do? I know. Push well, them over the over the hump for the final wild card spot? Well, uh, maybe, and there's and that might be a bit of a stretch, but there's value in that. So if it's right. all if it's all monetarily based now, right, based on the the Cohen tax and dollar for dollar, and you know, thirteen and a half becomes mm-hmm. I guess twenty seven million dollars return yeah. if the math is right there. You know, you got to double it basically. So if they have ten to fifteen million dollars set aside for the theoretical bat, if they are. Theoretically, still in it. Wouldn't the more I'm just asking. Might not be bad. Could be anything. Oh, that's true. Whatever, that, yeah. that, that's fair. That's true. Good starter. Catch. Good I mean, catch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very good catch. It could, very well might be a starter. Right. Uh, but wouldn't the more prudent play be financially? Just financially speaking, take the ten fifteen million dollars that you've earmarked for a move mid season. Get it now and actually reap the rewards of I don't know seventy or fifty more home games, like. If you enter the season, I'm just talking monetarily based here. Money, revenue generation stream. If you if you get that person now, who to be fair might not be available now. Right. That's also part of it as well. But you can get one of these guys that one of the bats that we talked about. Open the season with a better lineup. Don't you think that would incentivize Met fans to reach into their pocket more? 
They maybe, but they are banking I, on. I don't know, man. They are banking on this team being better than you think. Here, here's the bottom okay. line: okay. even if they're better than they know you, baseball better than me, well, they well, know their team better than me. Well, whatever. They do. No, they do. They do. But even if they think that, even if their team is better than you think, the reality is, it's not going to be that much better. Their best case is they're relevant, hovering around 500 at the trade deadline. Then the best case from there is they add a piece or two with mm-hmm. the ten to fifteen million dollars, and it works because they've works done that before with Ruff and Vogelback. It didn't work to get them and fans excited about competing for yep. the final wild card spot. And then spot. they start coming back out. If there's well, a little dip. I'm just saying that that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Now I'm, we're painting best case scenario. Oh, God, you know what that means? Now that means you know if you get eighty percent of best case, that's usually a win. Health and, and production. I would, I would say worst case is going to be. The opposite of hanging around. Yep. Lifeless, not looking good. Bader gets hurt. Talking about Severino trading Pete every beat. day That's on the radio. exactly right. Stadium's empty. That's the exactly Marlins right. are ahead of you in the standings. Trade That's McNeil, trade Pete, yep. figure out a way to rebuild this whole thing. Man. Yeah. There's a two, there are two very different paths but, here. But the thing that hurts the most, while I am understanding and accepting of this one year, mm-hmm. the thing that hurts the most is that the reality is... It's another year wasted as far as not having a chance to win a World Series. I get it. I, That's I, the I thing would that be, bothers me. I'd be incensed right now. I'd I, be. I'd be. Well, I'd fluctuate between being incensed and being in, incredulous and incredibly confused. I don't understand why he can't spend more money. Mike is calling from Long Beach. What's up, Mike? Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going, guys? How are you, Mike? Uh, before, I'm good. And before I get to my mess, uh, I love when you guys talk old school wrestling because. I was born in 1970, and I was watching the WWF on Channel 9 yeah. with Ray the Cripple Stevens and you know, the Moon Dog. Oh, I remember them. Rex and Spot. Yeah, I remember them well. Yeah. Can I tell you a little story, real like a 30-second story, yeah. about uh, literally sure. about Rex and Spot, the Moon Dogs? You yeah. ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, so, I think I told you this a while ago. So, my grandmother, with who's now no longer with us on the Italian side, made it into 93, 94, long life. Her twin sister. They would go to the garden. And they filled up a water gun with vinegar. Mm-hmm. And they squirted. One of the moon dogs came flying out of the ring. And my grandmother took the water gun and squirted it right in his eye. What? Yeah. <laughs> what, how did he react? I, I think it was burning. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, that's what they used to do back that then. That wasn't dude. in the script. No, that, that was, uh, no, that was yeah. not planned. That was not part of the work there. I, I don't really remember the moon. You, that's nah, they, the, I remember. One of them I think I remember, but barely. They had like ripped jeans yeah. and, you yeah. know, the yeah. bones. Yeah. They were like hill, they were like they were like I don't know backwoods hillbilly. Like a little guys. bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but have you guys ever watched the series called Dark Side of the Ring? I've watched every one. It's phenomenal. Oh yeah, okay, because it's, it's coming back soon, now. right? Yeah, it is. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah, very well I done on Vice. Yeah, on Vice, but, yep. Yeah, I would admit I have several thoughts in my head. First, I would not trade Pete Alonso for two reasons. One, when you look at premier sluggers throughout the history of baseball, their best seasons have been between the ages of twenty eight and thirty four. I think the next four seasons for Pete could be his biggest of his career. And two, if you are going to trade him, I think you get a bigger hole at the trading deadline when you trade him to a contender. And then, you know, King Cohen, if he is going to... Who? Wait, whoa, 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 I'm still calling him King Cohen. Yeah, I like it. I like it, Mike. I can't call him yet, but you can. No one complained when he signed Scherzer and Verlander. Everybody thought it was great. So he spends the most money, and if he spends it wrong, Still spent some money. He's Steve. You know, there's there's so, one. To me, still can't call Steve. Next year, 
if you trade a lot of it to trade deadline, you'll get a bigger haul than you would now for him because the contender is going to be more willing to give up to, to go for it all. And then again, you have Soto and Alonzo with your free agent signings. And if, and this is a big if. I mean, there's a lot of ifs so far. Jeez. If Severino mm. can prove that he, that he regains his form, and even if he can prove he's just a solid oh, number geez. four, yeah. and you give him an extension, no, and then you extension. sign either Wheeler oh. or, or Burns, Mike. and then all of a sudden you got oh, one of Mike, those two, I can't. Mike. My this is like a five-year-old sitting on Santa's lap. I want this, I want that, I want the truck, I want the sneakers, I want the bat, I want this, I want that. Dude, All right, get off Santa's lap because you get nothing. <laughs> Getting cold. Uh, what you getting? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Even that. I mean, I, he sounds like a great guy, especially the wrestling stuff. Mike, I'm messing with you. But, man, you hit us with five or six contingencies that uh, the likelihood of them happening is just not very high. The, the more I think about this logically, well, two things. Number one, the only way in my mind for King Cohen, oh, I dubbed him that. Mm-hmm. The only way for him, and I told you I removed it yes. after the Yamamoto stuff. And the rest of the offseason. There's no way he has earned that moniker. There we go. There's only one way for him to get that back. Soto. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that's got to be put on ice until the offseason. And we find out what happens with Soto. It's a stand-up move by Sal. At the very least, he better pursue him to the highest of, I don't want to hear this, oh, he's a Yankee. We're not getting in bed with it. Like like Judge, no. With the the Judge stuff. It better be, I I don't care what the number is. Whatever the Yankees offer, it better be 50 to 100 million. He's going, listen, the stuff with Judge, which I... Didn't I, I? I know why he did it, right? And I remember saying in real time with Teague, if I'm a Mets fan, like that would bother me. Screw that, you know. Not that you want to stab somebody in the back who basically served as a liaison as you're pursuing ownership here. But business is business. I don't think this it was is that. different business. You got to go for Soto. I don't think and it was will. that. I think he knew more that Judge wasn't going to sign there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but still, Whatever. it would have been a symbolic, like it would have been a flex. I, I think it would have further incentivized and. This is the I don't one. know. He just he didn't even publicly make a move. This this is the one. This one will erase this year. I don't care how bad they finish this year. There's one move that erases everything. There's actually two. What's the other one? Now I've got to double check this. I don't want to talk out of school here. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole can opt out after this year, but I believe I'm almost positive. I'm going to double check where he opts out, but the Yankees have the ability built in. If they tack on one more year on the contract on the back end, that it negates his opt out. Right. So basically, as long as the Yankees want him, he stays. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's. And that's I don't think sure he. I don't think he would leave to the Mets either. No, I don't mean either. But Soto, you can still go for him. Soto's the one. If Cohen pursues and lands Soto, he will then forever be dubbed King Cohen. That's Do you number think one. He's going to get him. Because I want to present you a different set I of actually, problems here. I, I actually do. Okay, I don't. I don't think there's now, any chance he's going there. Now, can I? You don't think that Soto's going to want to go there? No. He's can I just tell the, you why? He wants the most money. Yeah, go ahead. Well, first of all, the Yanks will pony up the money. Everybody forgets that. They will, you know, it's, it's not the A's. It's it's still the Yankees. I mean, I don't know. They really haven't done much this offseason. No, I mean, they gave, well, here we go. They gave Yamamoto the highest AAV. They gave the highest arbitration ever, $30.1 million right. to Soto, $14.1 million to Glaber in arbitration. They got Strowman. They're going to get somebody mm-hmm. at the deadline. But I hear you. I think that, and they didn't eat Stanton's meal uh, money. Mm-hmm. I, I know. We go through that. I, you're not totally wrong. I get it. But the Yankees, to me, and 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 I look at this, and I, I try to, I try to envision a situation where Soto would leave, and I don't see it. I, I don't see it. That doesn't mean it can't happen. I don't see it now. I definitely don't see him leaving and going to the Mets if the Mets win seventy four games this year. 
See, that's the other problem that started creeping. See, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, you're right, but you I don't know, like think the, he cares. Well, well, all right, if he doesn't care, other players are going to care. Like, there is a point. Now, I know money talks, and it would have to be 20% or ish more than other contract offers just to justify, plus the New York taxes, et cetera. But if the Mets are not winning, and I don't think they'll win that much, they're not that appealing. I, I you're not the Yankees. I understand what you're saying. You know I what think, I mean? Yes, I, 100% I do. But I, I think in this particular case, I think Soto, that's why I think it's the perfect fit. There shouldn't be an excuse. This is not the guy who wants to play on the West Coast. This is not the guy has got a bias for whatever team he grew up rooting for. Guy wants to be in the pinstripes or in the Dodger blue. I think this guy wants the green. Soto wants the cash. It's been known for a while. King Cohen or, or Steve Cohen, who would then become King Cohen again, has the cash. No excuse. This has got to be it. You think he this does is some... a white whale. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, I don't know what to tell you. I have to reassess my whole thinking on the on the whole thing. That's fair. I, now that's to be determined. Now yep. there is a part of that call that I'm starting to come around to, and we debated this a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be floated out there all off season long, or all season long, or the rest of the off season, and on into the season. I'm starting to think that. Mm-mm. They have to trade Pete. I knew you were going to say that. It's. I told you it's that the my right move. I know. I told you that my emotion as a fan says no, but if you actually step back and look at it, as we are, and this is the reality of their situation, like it just doesn't make sense to go out there with them now. Nope. They're they're they're. I think Joel Sherman wrote this a couple weeks ago. Like the only one of the reasons why they may do it is because they're appeasing the fans. Mm-hmm. That means it's the wrong thing. It's the absolute worst reason to you, do you that. Can, you can't do it. I understand the blowback. You're not factoring the fans here at all. With me. But, you be, can't believe me. I understand the blowback more than anybody. I was the brunt of it. I, it doesn't matter. And I'm not talking about bad guy this bad. I don't care nope. about all that stuff. Nope. I'm talking about sheer baseball and what's going to happen is when they aren't good enough this year because the reality is they're most likely not going to be good enough. They're going to trade them. And then everything's going to change. That's what's going to happen. They're waiting to fall out of it. They could say they're going to be a wild card team or not, and maybe they are. And if they are, great. They're going to roll out with it and and keep him and see what happens at the end of the year. The second that they feel that it's legit out of the realm of possibility to contend or that it's not even worth it, based on what they'd have to do to be a legit team, I think they're going to trade them. Or you know, at least consider open, trying to but do it. Really yeah. be open yes. to it. You know, really, I think the person, when we talk about this, that's had the easiest time on the station, maybe outside of Keith, who's a big Yankee guy, is is probably me talking about this. Right. Because it's emotionless. Correct. It's, it's I mean, I can only imagine being, like, being tormented. Like, say if the Knicks were, were bad this year, but they had a player who you know is not a, a top, 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 he's good, but a top superstar. And, you you know, when you really tap into your mind, you shouldn't you shouldn't re-sign him. Well, and RJ yeah. could have been one like that, where Nick fans fell in love with RJ, hoping he would one day be this Maybe guy. Maybe that's now, a loose interpretation. That's not terrible. Pete's better than RJ, but you know yeah, what no, I mean? Yeah, no, he like, definitely is. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, but not, not a loose comparison, not bad. And yeah. PJ, uh, Pete's definitely better than RJ. But I think that I would have been very conflicted, and I would have been angry. Uh, and I would have got all over the map. Like one day, you know, lock him in seven years. The next day or the next week, you know, I, I can I can kind of see. I can see what's going on here. It just doesn't make sense when you remove the emotion out of it based on, for the sec, for the 30,000th for the mm-hmm. time, 
where the Mets are with their roster and where he is as a player. So really three things. And then where Major Major League Baseball trend is going. He's going to be 30 before you know it. He's slow. He's thick. He's a right-handed hitter. And he's an average first baseman on a team right now that I believe is inferior talent-wise. It is not smart to resign him. Uh, unless you could get him for, let's say, 180 and have him There's always, start to turn into a DH. Not just a primary yeah, DH, yeah. but like... There's always ways to finagle yeah. that, but I also... See, the, the power, there's great value in that, but it can't be Pete Alonso as the main guy anymore. It, it, it can't, can't be. They are not good enough to do it. He is not that kind of player. He's really good. He's not that kind of player. And I'll tell you this much, the other problem here... That's from the Mets' perspective. I can't prove this. Not that I can even prove what the Mets are thinking. I can only tell you what I think they're thinking, what they should be mm-hmm. thinking. I don't even think Pete really wants to stay here. I really don't. I think they're both almost done with each other. I think he's another one that wants the money. We've talked about this and some of the stuff that we've heard or whatever. I think he just wants the money. I, I think ideally he would have loved to have been here, but I, I think he's going to want to be paid what he believes he's worth. I think I there was a point. I, I think now, I think it's... Not that not that it's not reconcilable with with the right contract. I hear you. I think his mind is is open to leaving because he's sitting there saying, "Geez, you, you thought about trading me last year? It's February first. I don't have a contract. I'm the best home run hitter in baseball. What's going on?" But it's I, a human being. But I do think that a part of that is Pete and his agent's fault. So we got to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on. But when you just think of it from the baseball perspective, emotion out of it, and it's hard for me to do that, if not impossible, when it comes to this specific situation. I can understand because they're not close. I can understand why they'd be open to trading him or why thinking that that should be the right move. BT and Sal and the fan will come back. Continue with your calls. Also have caller of the day on the other side. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Call of the Day with Brendan Tierney and Sal Licata on The Fan. Today's Call of the Day is brought to you by Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely, choose Ramsey Mazda. Bob is calling from Lindenhurst. What's up, Bob? Sal, I got a, I got a thing with you. 45 minutes ago, you actually came on the air and said you understand and accept. Mm-hmm. Really? Two weeks ago, I could still hear you screaming at the top of your lungs, We got to do something! Do something, anything. Just get somebody. <laughs> two weeks ago, now you're accepting and understanding. I, I, I don't, don't understand you. I don't have a choice. I, I, I don't get it. They're, they're, they're not. You, you do have a choice. You, you, are you afraid to make a yell at Steve Cohen and call him out for what he is? The only thing difference between him and the Wilpons is the Wilpons would have shut us up with some big trades. We're a big, big uh, signing. What? Oh, when they, did the Mets bring in a big name from 2009 to 2015? And maybe even know. beyond. Really want me to remember do we I'm count Cespedes or no? Cespedes. That's it. Cespedes. Cespedes would be it. Mid-2015. BC, before Cespedes. Right. For, stop giving him nicknames. Bob, You're not Bob, 14 years old. Bob, trust me. Stop with the Ken Cohen and the Uncle Stevie crap. I don't. The guy's, he's not doing anything for us. Bob, I'm dying Bob, soon. Bob. I want a team this year. Bob. This year. Bob, who? Team. Who spent the most money last year in baseball? I don't care. I didn't go to no World Series. I'm sorry. Bob, and there's a reason why I he's not. the money in the world. Get me a damn World Series. Get lost. See, Bob, you're so stupid <laughs> that you can't comprehend what he's doing. What has he done? What has he done? And then I say, who spent the most money last year? I don't care. Get me a World Series. Well, he's trying, you idiot. Oh, man. I mean, it was a good call by Bob, but you just got to you gotta use your, your brain a little bit better 
than that. I get the frustration, BT. You know that. But he said, get me a World Series. Like, it doesn't – he tried the other way. That's what people aren't, aren't understanding. Steve yeah. Cohen tried to spend, 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 spend. Mm. It didn't work. You know who my new favorite person is? Bob. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I mean, uh, I remember real time saying, this guy's – his fuse is – he's about a 9.5 out of 10. That's about – as loud and as combative yeah. as a caller can get. I mean, that, oh, that was good. Com- I love it. Wasn't even combative. No, there he, was. He was go. going at you a little bit. No, no, but I let him go. He was. No, no, you, you were. You were. Uh, you were. I was the voice oddly of reason. tranquil. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just watch. Just, I was while I'm watching. I'm like, oh, when is this guy going to start ripping back? Well, I was trying to help him understand where I'm yeah. coming from. See, the issue is like he he. What do you think? I'm on the take from Steve Cohen. Like, there should only be so lucky. Yeah, I'll go yeah, on the yeah, take really. for him. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's with 95 kidding. wins this year. You don't need a DH. King Cohen couldn't give a, or Steve Cohen couldn't give a crap less about Catch. me. So this has nothing to do. You ever meet him yet? I have not met him. No. Okay. I told you I was in the Islanders, you know, Ledecky's box where yes. he was there, but I didn't say anything for him. Oh, that's right. You did tell me. Or say anything to him. I just believe in. I don't like it. I don't accept it. And you should know. Coming from me, it should mean more because I'm the first one to tell you I've had it with this team. And I did yell a couple weeks ago about get me a DH. It's not going to happen, so there's no point. And then the reality is, even if they did get the DH, what good's that going to do? It's going to be a lost year. This is a lost year. Now, next year, because this is a lost year, it better be all in or back to being all in. But I'll, I'll give him a break this year. So you didn't say anything in the suite. And, and I understand sometimes, you know, you people mm. walk in. Like, even when we were there, Ralph Macho was there for a minute. Yeah. Then he was gone. People walk in and out. Yeah, and, right, you know, right. don't want to be up somebody's behind. I get it. Uh, and you certainly wouldn't be disrespectful to Cohen because, Never. you know, that's not your style. And that's not my style to somebody unless right. they're really just not a good person. Then I would just ignore him uh, at this stage of my life. But if you were in the suite, let's say a week from now, with Ledecky, being, say being, being the big Islander fan that you are, and Cohen's there. Um, how do you not saddle up to him and say, look at these DHs that are still out there, Steve. <laughs> I mean, you know, Steve, we, of course you introduce yourself, hey, yeah. Sal, S and Y, yeah. big Mets guy, blah, blah, do the show with BT on FAN. You got to bring it up. I would 100% this time. I told you why I didn't last time, because Zeal was there. Todd Zeal screwed me, basically. Oh, yeah, you know, you told me and I forgot, and I know your Zeal buddies with Zeal. There. What was Zeal's for? What did he mess up? He said he was going to introduce me. And okay. then one, you know how it is. One thing led to another. Their group went down to the ice the first period. So the I was kind of stuck up. Then I went down the second period. Okay, so, so now you only have the just, third yeah, period which, to really. And I don't even know if he was there the whole thing. Like, uh. whatever our window was, Zeal missed it, and I got screwed because of it. However, <laughs> if it were a week from today, yep. and I ran into him at the Islanders game, whatever it may be, I would 100% introduce myself and let him know, if he doesn't already, about the King Cohen moniker and basically <laughs> beg him, like, I'll give you this year, but just know, uh-huh. dude, it's... <laughs> no, he's going to be looking at you like you're nuts. Just, like, just he's going to be like, just know what, Sal? Nice to meet you. Just, yeah. just know what, Sal? What the, should I know? The wrath is coming. <laughs> He's not just say, from me. He's going to say security. Yeah, not, no, to, no, 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 no. Please get this deranged, me. unhinged psychopath out of John Ledecky's suite. I don't mean from me. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to lead the charge <laughs> on so, the airwaves, uh, yeah. and the fans are going to be right there with They're uh, yeah, already yeah. there. Yeah, they are. I'm doing your thing. You're kind of pushing them back a little. I'm surprised. I'm trying to help because I truly believe this. It has nothing to do with me and Cohen. I really believe in it. The reasons why, BT, are there. He did go all in. He tried to spend, and now he's trying to do things a different way. We're going to see if it's the right way or not. 
I tend to believe that it's going to be. Yeah. But no more. This is the last year that it can't be all in. Okay. So you, you say that your uh, punting's the wrong word, but I'm going to use yeah. it here just to keep moving, keep it moving. Right. So you're going to punt on the venom for this year because you see the big picture. Okay. For now. I, 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 no, no, I, I believe you. Subject to change in. Season. Well, well, that's yeah. where I'm going. Right. Let's say that we're sitting here and the Mets are 11 and 19, <laughs> and they're in fourth place, and they're averaging. You know, their offense is, you know, 27th, 26th. They get by the Braves and Phillies. Oh, starting pitching is an ERA, you know, four and three like quarters. Sebi's throwing BP. Uh, Mendoza doesn't know how to manage. What do we do at this point here? Uh, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be upset. Somebody's got to Like, I got to get <laughs> it out. Somebody's going to pay. Yeah. I can't promise who it's going to be directed at. Yep, yep. But I can promise you this. If it doesn't go according to their plan, meaning that they're going to be competitive for a wild card spot, somebody's going to feel the wrath in season. I have a promise for you. I promise to pull it out of you. You, are, you, might, have, you might have to, might have to try that hard. Uh, you know pull what I mean? It out of you, boy. Story. Every day I'll throw a little line in the water after a tough loss. You know. We're living it in season, game to game. The Yankees will be rolling on their way to 100 games. They got Judge and Soto looking to win MVPs. Cole looking for a back-to-back Cy Young award. Yep. Boone smiling it up. Cashman taking bows. Dominguez coming back in Dominguez uh, July. Don't forget about back. him. Yeah. Verdugo with a shaved beard, base hit after base hit. Uh-huh. Volpe. Volpe hitting 30 bombs. Yeah, exactly. Volpe in 300. Glaber in a walk here. Austin Wells going deep in a porch. <laughs> the new Posada, new lefty stick, even though Jorge's a switch hitter, I got it. And I got to watch the Mets try to put together a 70-win ball club with Harrison Bader in center field and Luis Severino. Th- no, no, I'm going to – look, right now, today, February 1st, I'm accepting an understanding of their plan. They also said, and thank you, President Stearns, because he said – Stearns said – that they will be a wild card team. That that's their he, plan. He did say that. Well, now I get to hold him to that. Mm. He gave me a little piece of meat. Yeah. And if they're not, little piece. I'm gonna chew on that. I'm gonna chew like on a tiger. it. I'm like gonna chew zoo. on and spit. Oh, you better believe it <laughs> and spit it out. <laughs> oh man! So I can't wait for baseball season. Call us eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Brandon Tierney, Salicata back on the fan. We'll finish up here on the phones. Have you seen the video floating around real quick? Have you seen the video floating around with Evan, who is in a, oh, uh, he, he, I mean, he is just in an absolutely horrendous, precarious position. The short version is he said he wouldn't shave the beard until Alonzo signed the extension. Right. Pete hasn't signed. He's got the beard. He realizes he's in a tough spot. I don't blame him. He's he knows looking, now it's never going to happen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's looking for ways to get out of this, so I guess they threw him a bone. Him and Morash played pickleball the other day. All right, and I'll let you see the results, mm-hmm. and it's up there, blah, blah. It's funny. It's it's really good. Here's the only thing that I – well, the results are what they are. Sean won. And right. I said that I thought Sean would win. I didn't know that Sean won. He did win. I said this when you were out yesterday. He wound up winning. Here's what I don't get. Now, first of all, it's a little thing. So, you played a lot of pickup basketball growing up, right? 100%. Anytime we were playing, like, we'd always play to 11. Mm-hmm. And if it was, I mean, sometimes more than that. But generally 11 because you have other guys who want to play the winner, etc. Win by two. Then you can win by two. Right. So, they were tied at 10. And I guess they didn't play to win by two, which was just an, an odd occurrence, but not a big deal. Okay. The Evan loses. Game's over like 10. You go to the net. You shake hands. Nice mm-hmm. job. But obviously, Evan's, you know, his beard's got to stay, so he's pissed off. Do you realize that... You know, he says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to shake your hand. 
But before he shook his hand, he withheld it for about 10 seconds, wiped his nose, and then then shook shook the hand? Sean's hand. That's gross. What are we doing? On purpose he did that? Yeah, it looked like it. Oh, God. I don't even want to get into that. What I will say is the, the <laughs> one thing face, you look so revolted it, there. It's disgusting. The one the one thing I will say, I thought Sean was gonna be a better athlete than that. I, I think he's pretty nimble for his size. I think Sean's a pretty decent yeah, athlete. N- maybe nimble for his size, yeah. which is maybe why I thought he'd be a little more graceful gotcha. in, in swinging the I just, racket. I just buzzed through it. So you're talking about footwork or are you talking about actually connecting with the ball? Both. Really? Yeah. Well then, what does that say for Evan? Yeah, it was this was Evan well, lost, but but well, we I expected, that. Yeah, but true. I expected from Evan. Yeah, with Sean, I actually expected a little bit better. All right, let me ask you this: You're playing pickup hoops. You're picking Sean or Evan? You're picking Sean. I'm picking Sean. Probably. You're playing football, flag football. You're picking Evan or you're picking Sean? Sean. Me too. Uh, I'll even go so baseball, far. Baseball, I may go Evan. Well, no. I was going to say baseball. I'll pick Evan because we can throw a lefty mm. on the mound. But we're playing softball. I'm picking Sean. Mm, I, I might still go Evan. Really? In softball. I would have said prior to watching that video, I would have said, Sean, he did not look graceful at all. Football, hoops, maybe, because I've seen Evan. I don't know how much worse you could be than that. Oh, the foul shot, the three-pointers. But baseball, I probably I, I have to go Evan. I, dude, go back and watch that video again. I, yeah, I did admittedly F-A-N buzz through it. I, I if was you not, watch, mm. watch the first point of the game. Really? First or second point of the game with Sean attempting to hit the ball. Oh, I did see him whiff. He did whiff. Dude. Straight up whiff. Yeah, that was ugly. It just looks so bad. But he won. Uh-huh. And Evan's beard, I got to be honest, I don't think it looks that bad. He is starting to look like a hippie, though. Like, he's got that yeah. disheveled, he's you gonna, know, aimless, wandering hippie look that is beginning to uh, take over. He's got to find another way out. This was his one out to be able to shave what the does he beard do? for that bed. I don't know. Come up with something else. Yeah, I'm sure it's that they will. All right, BT, that's exactly right. BT, <laughs> we, we, get enough, we, we get enough of those. BT and Sal on the fan. Eric is calling from Clifton. What's up, Eric? Hey, man. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Sal, hope everything is all good on your home front, man. Uh, I know you're out a couple days. Hope everything's good over there. Thank you, Eric. Uh, also, congrats on your uh, your hire, Zach Robinson and Raheem Morris. That's a nice one-two punch for your Falcons. Uh, just want to get that out of the way. Appreciate uh, it. It could have been worse. I want a Belichick, but I think the Morris thing is a he's a good uh, hire. Tell you what, man, you got him on the defense and Robinson on the offense. They come from you know McVay. It's uh, that's what. Yeah, he said the same thing when they got Art Smith a couple yeah, of years the, ago. The Please problem stop. is the problem is with this structure though, and it's not just for them; it's anybody. When you hire a defensive coach, and by the way, we've seen a lot of that now, BT. Yep. So what do you do? You hire the defensive coach, and then the emphasis is on the offensive coordinator, right? Well, yes. then, yeah, you'll have, you'll have success, and Robinson will be hired to yeah, somewhere else. that's exactly right. Yeah. You then have success, yeah. and then that guy leaves, <laughs> and then what? Yeah, start over. Yeah. So well, best they, case they, scenario they, they, is you're going to lose the guy in a couple years. If you're lucky. Yeah, they, right. They, <laughs> then you go get McVay's next assistant. That's, yeah. that, that, that's his next move. Um, as for the Mets, I agree with you 100%. I think this was a complete pivot here. I think, look, I think you really nailed it. I mean, Stearns came in here and just, and even Cohen, I think they just knew that without Otani and Yamamoto. I mean, we needed two pitchers to be good with this existing staff, so he's going to pivot. And personally, the only thing that I would do different from what you guys are saying, I wouldn't even wait till the season gets going. I would identify a list of teams, break them down, because we know what we need, pitching. I would say five to ten teams, and I would start calling them. And whoever's going to give me the best pitching prospects, I would trade Pete. I know you guys disagree with me. No, no, I no. We'll disagree. I said it before anybody even thought right. about oh, yeah. saying it. Oh, no, but I know you guys are saying maybe wait till the trade. No, I, I would was. trade him tomorrow if I could. Right. I, I okay, said yeah. that initially, Eric, and thank you for the Thanks, call. Man. I said that initially, although if they if it came out tomorrow that they traded him, and now it's got to be for top pitching prospects. 100%. 
the way it was described to me last year, and I've said this before on the air, was that because I was like, what what happened with this Alonzo field goal range? So like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And the way it was described to me was that teams didn't have the appetite for what it would take to to seriously part with Alonzo. Okay, like so the, the Mets, Mets overvalued get, his worth, well, which, by the way, is better than well, undervalued. Well, he asked for the moon, you might get a star. Yeah, it's okay, well, they'll adjust. Or teams under, or teams undervalued, which makes me think of like what the market would be. There's no way Pete's getting his $300 million or, or whatever he thinks he's going to get. But point is, it would have taken a ridiculous amount, as it should, to get Pete Alonzo. Because you can't be in the business of giving away good players. Now, I would be open to trading him, even though it goes against every fiber of my fandom. I would be open to it in the event that they can get a top pitcher or two, mm-hmm. which is like, if it's not that, I'm not even having the conversation. Yeah, I'll, and I don't want I'll A. I want double A, yeah. where I already have 20, 30 starts, and I get to see the entire repertoire, and he's faced good hitters in double A. I agree. I just want to clarify something I said, because I don't want this to sound insensitive. This this does matter to me. When I said I would trade him tomorrow... That is not me saying that I'm looking to give him away. What, why I said that is I think you get more of a return. You definitely get more of a return trading him before the start of the season. You know, As like, opposed to the deadline. Yeah, and that's I why. Because uh, well, you prey on the desperation given the, like, the moment, the Yeah, he could be the, the final urgency. piece. For, yeah, I, I just yeah, don't That's know. one way to look at it. I still think you get more when you, when you give it to somebody for 162. But I, I, I know what you're saying. Somebody might overpay based on team being in a, a place they didn't think they were. Team needs a big bat. Or would be. They're desperate. Yeah. He's the biggest bat out there for power. Now you're you know pinning these two teams against each other as opposed to now where... I'm sure other teams would want them, but mm-hmm. is it that? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't think, though, the value is diminished greatly at the trade deadline. Maybe the Mets can make it worth it if they, you know, they take a chance to stay in it here. Ralph is calling from East Isle. What's up, Ralph? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so let me give you my fandom. It's Mets, Jets, Knicks, Islanders. Okay. Sal, I'm sorry. I can't agree with you on it being okay with the Mets selling this season short for any reason. You can't do it. Not in baseball. Fandom is about consistency and hope. Hope is built preseason and at the trade deadlines. And I don't like Yankee fans, sorry, BT, or Cowboy fans, because the tendency for them is to feel that it's championship or bust, and that's not the case. Um, you have to give your, your, your fandom hope. And like the Knicks of the 90s, they were consistent. They gave us hope. They made it to the finals twice. Was I upset when they didn't win the finals? Of course I was. You know, at least every year you knew you had a legitimate chance of getting there. And the Mets going in this to this season with the, hey, let's see where we are attitude, that's okay for the Pirates and the Reds because they don't have the finances that the Mets do or any big market team has. Yep. You can't do that in New York. I'm sorry. You just can't. Well, you can provided you're right. And you can provided you don't abruptly shift course like – the, excuse me, like the Knicks have done many times, not not this Nick team, but over the years as we've discussed. I set this out a couple hours ago. I think one of the great fallacies of New York sports, now again, you've got to do it right, and you can't just, you know, ca- so cavalierly deviate from plan to plan, but if you present, and you're uh, didn't the Rangers send a letter to their fans? Yeah. Like uh, four or five years ago, yeah. whatever that was. Hey, here's what we're doing. Complete transparency. Give us a little time, and we will be. I know they're, you know, they got a little cold since that great still. start. But the, the Rangers are still very well run and a very good team. And Shesterkin gets his act together this month and is a lot better than he was in January. Rangers could get, may, you know, mess mm. around and win the cup or get to the cup finals. I think everybody knows that. So I think that that is, I think that I'm okay with that, but. I'm 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 seeing two versions almost colliding, and, and that's what gives me that that gives me pause about these Mets because yeah. you have Lindor, you have well, Mimo, but those you moves have Pete. those moves were made prior to their quote unquote rebuild. 
I know, but uh, yes, no doubt. But That's be- the issue. Yes, if anything, it complicates it. But you can add to that core if you think the core is core enough to win with, and still win this year. Some you know increase but, the odds, but then also stack the farm. Well, now you're on to the point that I talked well, about before. That seems to be the big issue with the Mets: the core, and maybe they don't believe in it. Yeah, and I'm, their I inaction, inaction no. kind of supports that, right? Yeah, well, that's they, maybe easy to deduce. Maybe yeah. their biggest issue was believing that the 101-win season was the beginning and the core and saying this is going to be successful. We had success this year. Now we're going to build on it. They saw it totally fail miserably in every which way last year. And I believe that that led them to second-guess not only going all-in and paying the way that they did for some of the top free agents, but also the core of this team. I mean, think about what we've seen here. Even in the 101-win season – you saw the team, now I hate to use the term collapse because I don't think they really collapsed, but they choked away that division. All they had to do was win one game in Atlanta, yeah. a team that they won the same amount of games throughout the course of the regular season as. All they had to do was win one game. They got punched in the face, kicked in the teeth, never got up, they were left for dead. Yep. Then they followed that up, coughing up the division. Then they followed that up with a pathetic performance against the Padres team <laughs> at home in a wild card series. Like, Worst case, the Mets were at home for three games in the postseason. And they were bad in that. So I think they looked at it and said, we've got bigger issues mm-hmm. than we thought. Which and, I'm okay with. And then it was Smart. cemented last year. Yeah. Where they didn't recover again mm-hmm. last year. Like, there's no bounce back. And now they didn't have a choice. They can't completely change course because they're, to your point, like, what are Locked they going to do? with somebody's deals. Yeah, what are you going to do with Nemo and Lindor? You can't do anything with it. But you can do something with Pete. And he might unfortunately be the you know the the collateral that you have that could be a bit of a parachute to a better tomorrow, as painful as that's going to be. And to your point, there's always a reaction to an action. The Yankees' reaction to this past season, 82 wins, worst season in 30 years, was to go out and even if it's a rental and they got to handle get the best player available, get the best player available, add to the rotation, and then the moves that they made, it, it's telling us that they don't believe that last year was an aberration. They know that if they rolled it back with some of these scrubs that they had, that they were going nowhere. Now, they're not fully done yet. I think they've got to trade for an arm. I think that they will. But their actions or their reaction to what occurred last year tells you what they're thinking. The lack of reaction or the inaction by the Mets so far this year is telling you without them verbally stating it necessarily directly that, we ain't there. We're not close. We're not there. They know that. Yeah. And that's why they're being smart about it. I understand why fans are frustrated. The Mets say there's no way to get us there doing what you want us to do. That's why we're doing what we know is best, or we think is best. John is calling from Staten Island. What's up, John? Oh, Dustin Doink. What's up, boys? What's up, John? Yeah, How are you? Dustin Doink. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm going to give you my Met perspective, and I think that they're falling into two traps here. Number one, I if it were if I were the GM, I would do exactly what they're doing, and then I would trade Marte and McNeil for a bag of balls because there's no big free agent this year that could change the momentum. They have to get under the luxury tax. I would spend five hundred million for Soto. I would not spend a billion. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, the other issue that they're running into, and that's why they're not going to re-sign Pete now. The other issue that they're running into is they're not the shiny toy anymore. I don't care what anybody says. Steve Cohen's a businessman. The Mets are a losing business. 
He's trying to get a casino. He's involved in the PGA. He's not going to throw bad money after good. That's why he's successful. So the only way is you have to reset. And I know that the fans are not happy about it. I'm a Mets fan. I hate it. But the only thing I think that he should do, and this is just my opinion, is if he's not going to add then I think that he should have lowered the uh, season ticket prices. Well, that's a different that's, that's a different thing, John. Good call. Thanks, Thank John. you for the call. See, that's the thing. I don't like it, but I'm trying to understand it. Now, as for the t- season ticket prices, that's on you to decide as a season ticket holder or whatever. If you want to go to a game and the tickets are what they are, you've got to figure that out. And ultimately, if you say, you know what, it's too much, I'm not going, eventually they'll come down because they need to get people in the ballpark. Yeah, they will adjust. They will react to what you do as consumers. Can I end the show on a positive here, Sal? Yeah. Can we incorporate the Knicks for a sec? Sure. Uh, we mentioned them a few times here. First of all, very interested to see how they play tonight because they're playing a good Pacers team. Now, the last couple of games without Randall and OG, and hopefully OG can play, uh, this is going to be a different monster. Indiana- Indianapolis is good. That's number one. Knicks are a favorite I saw, though, tonight. Oh, that mm-hmm. one's important. One or two, it's got to be marginal. Or yeah, nominal. it is. You're not, you're it not is marginal, but still. Okay. Yeah, that surprised me a bit. Without I, Randall and Ananobi, potentially? Yeah. No, that's interesting. So how about this? Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. Jalen the superstar. Jalen Brunson is the first player, first in NBA history, with the following numbers in the first 46 games of a season. 1,200 points or more, 300-plus assists, 100 or more three-pointers, and 40% from downtown. And he's not a starter. Yeah, but... He is a beast. But he's uh, he's too small. He's ours. Can you imagine people knocking? So do I. I said, I I I told Cole, I said, you wear Brunson because he's got Brunson. I said, you got to wear him to school. This was yesterday. Like, it's starting to bother me that Brunson's not getting enough play. And even like some national people, I don't mean just the All-Star game. I think it was Kendrick Perkins. I said this yesterday. You were out. Like, can we get a a massive billboard in Times Square, Jalen Brunson? We get a little. I remember Larry Johnson had some stuff back in the day. He's a superstar. Let's go. So, you know, you start rocking that Brunson jersey in the in the Jersey suburbs. Let everybody know what's up. He's a superstar. You said this. He's the greatest Knicks since Ewing. I, I did. I don't think there's any question about I did. That. I did. And I even said that he – now, this is – I dropped this bomb. You might want to debate this. We could always pick it up tomorrow. I believe he influences winning more than Ewing. Oh, God. Let's not go there. I just did. There are certain things I am blind for, and that is the 90s Knicks. I will not – I love Brunson. You can't say he's better than Ewing. Let's continue this tomorrow with Ted. We'll watch the game tonight and react to it tomorrow. Give you some Knicks talk. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Dole. Thanks to Hop. Thanks to everybody who listened and called. We appreciate each and every one of you. Be back again tomorrow at 10. Evan and Tiki, they're coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.